1: Welcome to Brother Date, Star Trek's edition, I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. This is all the shits, all of it, this is for all the shits, this week. <laughs> Guys, some stuff happened, and it's just, all the shits are going down at the same time, but these episodes are very important. Sorry, there's a lot going on in the world, we just, I'm trying to compete, you know, had a big jury verdict, got the whole Super League situation it's a moment in time for sure everybody pay attention to this podcast where the real important stuff is about to go down
0: (laughs) Uh, you guys all know how this works by now we're going to go in reverse order from the uh, finishing order of last week's episodes last week's last place episode was Deep Space Nine and that means we're starting this week with Things Past
1: Stuck in the past A planet Guess I'm the last. I live in memory of
0: vapor. I don't know what that arrangement was. I could never tell like you
1: could. Are you gonna do the YouTube video of a sad and guilty Odo looking across the room with this music (laughs) playing in the background? Uh, over Amy Mann stuck in the past. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> I think it would be appropriate. Week 104, Lieutenant Monroe Memorial Week. <laughs> Garrick, Dax, Odo, and Sisko are coming back from a conference where apparently Garrick was defending the occupation of Bajor, which... <clears throat> it isn't great, and it's only the first hit that Garrick's going to take in this one.
0: This dude just got out of jail, so he's got to remind people that he's around.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, They talk about Odo and his reputation for serving just one master, justice. And that (laughs) worried me greatly.
0: Well, also, he didn't seem to love that talk, which is weird because that's definitely his take.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff that goes down in this episode, and I can only guess that it's because all the stuff that happens was uh, exactly on his mind for some reason. Um, The runabout arrives at DS9, but under low power and with everybody unconscious. It's weird. We just saw them shit-talking in the cockpit. They didn't show us the incident. It just cuts to them coming in unpowered. Uh, Bashir's on the case. But meanwhile, Cisco wakes up next to Odo on shitty old Tarok Noir. You know, DS9 under the Cardi occupation. He did some kind of mental time travel, I guess, credits. <laughs> as the whole runabout team comes to and they get their bearings, they realize that people see them uh, just as, like, fellow Bajoran internees. They try to figure out um, the very thing the writers actually don't want us to worry about why they look yes. like their normal selves to each other and not to the other folks. And Odo warns everybody that they need to steer clear of the cardies because they'll be looking for excuses to mess with them. Uh, Odo bumps into a dude who freaks him out for unknown-to-us-but-known-to-Odo reasons. Then Dax is taken away, probably to have sex with Station Commander Gul Dukat. Uh, Garrick gets whacked by a guard, and, like Nightmare on Elm Street, the consequences are felt by his unconscious body in Bashir's infirmary. <laughs> it's fucking dream warriors in here we do there's a little
0: cutaway just at this moment so that Bashir can confirm that <laughs> if you die in the
1: dream, you die in real life. I was already very out on this episode we're We're early in <laughs> uh Garrick gets a hold of a scanner and He manages to track down their identities. As he reads them out, Odo begins to understand what's happening. He knows these particular Bajorans, whose identities they've assumed. But before he can explain what's going on, they run into Quark, who uh, picks them to do some cool labor in his bar. Uh, Dax is indeed brought to Dukat's quarters. Introduces herself as Lita, and Ducat asks her to pour them each a drink. He gives a very rehearsed speech about how he's not the monster people think he is. That he's a complicated man, but he needs a friend. It's a, as a yeah. sex friend. It's going to be a sex friend.
0: Yeah, but uh, he's willing to spend at least two to three hours warming her up, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Back in Quarks, Odo explains that uh, the people whose identities they've assumed were executed for attempting to assassinate Dukat. We got a Kurtwood Smith sighting alert. We should probably (laughs) create a drop for that in the future. It seems like he's going to keep showing up.
0: No, he's had his last appearance.
1: Oh, that was it. Okay. Well, I, I would definitely get the feeling. Yeah, he's
0: already been he's already been anoraks twice. So unless we do Star Trek six, we're not going to see him again.
1: All right. Well, anyway, a Cardi played by Kurtwood Smith comes in to talk to Quark about some guy who Quark might have done business with. This stuff doesn't matter. Uh, Garrick discovers that something is wrong about the timeline. Though they are supposed to be seven years in the past, but at that point Odo was security chief, not Kurtwood Smith. Thrax, whatever his name is. Uh, something is odd about this version of history that they're playing in. They agree it don't matter for now, they just they gotta get out of this station before they end up getting executed or whatever. Um, they try to contact the Resistance, and while they wait for their contact to show up, they see Dukat and Dax walking through the Bajoran sector of the station. Odo has a completely normal hallucination that people in the future get about his bloody hands. Some really solid metaphor. (laughs) And the resistance contact shows up. As that guy's grilling him, a bomb goes off and wounds Ducat. The team rushes over to find Dax when they are apprehended by security and thrown in jail. Thrax comes in and accuses him of blowing Ducat up, reading off the evidence, I'm sure exactly as Odo remembers it, and I'm guessing exactly as he was the one reading it off in real life.
0: Yeah, it's, um... This is a week for slow thinkers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty clear at this point what was happening. Uh, Odo raises objections each time. The ones he's always wished he had thought of when he sentenced three innocent men to die so many years ago. Sorry, again, I think I'm jumping ahead. Because I don't remember this episode, but it's obvious what's happening. Uh, Dukat and Dax uh, re- recover in Dukat's quarters. Dukat says some disgusting things about the Bajorans being his children. And he's so absorbed in his own shit, uh, that Dax knocks him out. He doesn't see it coming. She breaks the other three out of jail by cutting a hole in the wall. Uh Uh-huh. But on the way to the docking bay, they get in a big fight! Dax takes a hit, and Thrax, that rhymes with Dax, turns into a changeling and escapes. But why would he turn into a changeling? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> they think they've made it, but suddenly just find themselves back in jail with the execution still on schedule.
0: Yeah, they go through an airlock, but it's fucking frame of mind this week, and they <laughs> just end up in jail
1: instead. Yep, this is Odo's beautiful dark-twisted fantasy. So. Um, Sisko and Co. seem to have caught on as they grill Odo about what he's hiding. Uh, Thrax shows up, and Odo goes to plead his case to him. Odo, as Thrax, says some awful stuff about the Bajoran place in history and the galaxy and why they're in so deep. Hint, he says it's Bajor's fault.
0: Yeah, he definitely takes a stance that Spock and Kirk in Let This Be Your Last Battlefield Mm -hmm. would approve of that people gotta not make waves even when they're being oppressed and nothing's more important than law and
1: order. That's right. Exactly. Uh, The execution, I guess, is going to go forward as planned. And at the last minute, Odo's ready to do the accusation parlor thing on himself. Yeah. He shows everyone his memory of watching these three Bajorans get cold-iced. Odo says he figured out he was wrong when another bomb, identical to the first, went off a few days later. Then he began having fucking recurring guilt episodes about it for years, because if he'd really done his job instead of siding with the Cardis... He, I guess he would have known they were innocent. Yeah. They all wake up in the infirmary at that point, so I guess the program's complete. <laughs> um, to, to be
0: perfectly clear, I don't think any explanation is given. Nope,
1: no one says, no, it's just nothing. It just he, They all wake up, and uh, Bashir says uh, he determined they were all caught up in some kind of great link. You know, like the changelings do, but without the physical melting. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay uh kira comes to see odo after reading his report i guess you got to write reports about these things and uh odo well, says he go on he
0: remembered how cool everyone thought jake's report about how he was a coward was <laughs> so he was like listen I was, i'm like jake i'm gonna put it on front street and then everyone will forgive me and then kira shows up with her new short haircut and she's like <laughs> um
1: well yeah this is uh this is different um Yeah, he probably imagined there'd be a montage of everybody reading that and smiling to themselves and and looking really thoughtful. Uh, Anyway, Odo says, big deal, I'm not perfect. And Kira agrees, I think. Odo says he doesn't know if other innocent people died on his watch, which is such a DS9 ending. That's it, that's how we end this one, so. What was this episode all about?
0: Well... Ben says you can't hide from your own conscience, and he thinks we've done this before, and he thinks it's a four. Okay. But I think this episode is about how order isn't justice if the system it's upholding is itself unjust. Okay. The episode doesn't go maybe all the way to saying that out loud, mm-hmm. but, um, when Odo as Kurtwood Smith as Thrax uh-huh. is castigating Odo as Bajoran prisoner, his whole thing is about how they need, order is is more important than what's right, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Like, <sighs> Except your place in history is ugly, for sure. Yeah, that's not so That's bad. a real racist mess that no one's going to be happy about. I mean, about. it's no
1: wonder he's got a big guilt about that one, because... That one sucked, for sure, that's real bad. That's stuff that he remembered that and made made Thrax say that to him, in his memory.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it he definitely seems to regret his preoccupation with law and order, and and he knows that at least that time it did not serve the cause of justice. Yeah. And at the end, maybe other times? Who knows? And frankly, this is a psychological torture episode, and it is just so rare to have a take of any kind from one of these. <laughs> yeah. Like, when this episode starts, I waited up in the past, I was like, alright, so get ready to no-take this one. <laughs> this is gonna be weird shit. Yeah. Um, but, listen, uh, you you mentioned it earlier, we're at a very specific moment in time, and I think people need to understand that order isn't justice.
1: Yeah. And uh, so I gave it seven. Oh, shit. Hold on. What? Yeah. Fucking crazy. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right, then. See, I didn't think they went far enough with that. I would have preferred. I would have preferred if Odo had said that in the end. Instead yep. of, oh well, you know, what are you going to do? Hey, Kira. <laughs> he really did. Hey, Kira, yeah, what are you going like- to do? I killed some people.
0: As I, I didn't really do, I guess I didn't do my job, really.
1: <laughs> she, she like thinks about it and goes, okay. Instead of, uh, instead of doing a real uh, Luke Skywalker and saying, from a certain point of view, <laughs> <laughs> the most appropriate thing said in any Star Wars movie. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so I was more in line with Ben. I had uh, themes of guilt. Not sure there's a take that's more than just, if you kill innocent people, you could have a big guilt later. Or maybe (laughs) do things for the right reason would be closer to what you're saying, not just to check things off your fucking list, bro. Because I got the feeling he was just tired of doing Bajoran Cardi bullshit. The Kurtwood Smith Thrax was like, and then if you guys would just fucking stay in line, I could maybe just go to my quarters and pretend to be a bird for an hour. But instead, I got to fucking do all this shit. I got to interview people. I got to come into the the jail and read off sentences. And I just, I don't want to do it anymore. So
0: just. I guess there is that scene where the jail is fucking full of Bajoran prisoners. And he goes in there and he's like, you, you and you, you're getting transferred to Bajor for interrogation. You, your fine's been paid. So like, I mean. He definitely did seem overworked.
1: Yeah, I think he was. and the, That's the feeling I got. Less that it, he wanted justice so bad and more that he just wanted people to stop doing shit. That he just wanted to go to work and sit at his desk and probably make a spreadsheet that seems like something he'd like to do and then just go home at the end of the day. Well, he's
0: got to put together lists of the time that other security officers failed on their jobs in case someone <laughs> calls him out on it's it.
1: true. He's always got to be prepared. If Dukat comes to him with a complaint, he's got to have a, a list prepared of the things Dukat screwed up in the last two weeks or something. Uh, Anyway, just two points for me for themes. So we're we're kind of far off at this point.
0: Um, yeah, we're pretty far apart on this one.
1: Flipping around to execution. Uh, ben gave it a three. He says, Cisco, Dax, Odo, and Garrick. Seems like a forced assortment. Yeah, I didn't really... From a narrative standpoint, I'm not sure there's a reason for any of them to be there. In fact, he says, too bad we don't get to see this from Kira's eyes. Yeah, huh? Because, as always... <laughs> If there's an episode that Kira would be helpful in, she's only going to little league it. So, was she yeah, still no, recovering, or is she back? We
0: we have seen what she was up to at roughly this same period of time, or at uh-huh. least at some period of time during the occupation. We've also done doing her murder. episode where it turns out at the end. Oh no,
1: she did do the murder, and Odo is the one who's disappointed. Yeah, now he seems really shitty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, you know, even though actual real-life Nana Visitor wasn't pregnant anymore at this point, they hadn't resolved that arc yet, so she's just got to sit around in Chief O'Brien's quarters and sneeze.
1: It's awful. Again, she just literally, because so she just comes in in the end for that quick conversation, and then it's like, I mean, that's it. Um. So he gave it a three. I'm on the same page. Three. Uh. Okay. So Odo has some hallucinations, knows everything that's happening. We can easily guess where the episode is going. So no great points for mystery or suspense. The exploration of muddy morality is what DS9 usually strives for, but rarely does all that well with, and I have to include this one. I say here, did Odo kill those dudes because he was busy? <laughs> um, he Because he sided with the Cardis, which he implies he did when Thrax is talking to him. Maybe that's a reason why he did it. Maybe because he needed to find someone to blame. We don't actually ultimately know the answer, just that he's kind of broken up about it. And everybody seems pretty satisfied that Odo feels bad in the end. But, like, maybe they should reconsider some of his other arrests and investigations. (laughs) Maybe take a look into some of the things that have been going on maybe do something not just well you know he said he isn't perfect what do you want
0: his constant disregard for policy and procedure Mm -hmm. the surveillance
1: state he's created (laughs) on deep space nine Uh uh-huh which i'm sure he learned under the cardies but no they all are like well you can't you know you can't be harder on him than he is on himself um (laughs) that's the rule Never great when everybody is sharing a big dream slash memory. Structurally, it's kind of a mess. Morally, it didn't go deep enough for me. It actually wasn't so bad to watch, except it was such a dour DS9 adventure. Dark, you know. You know what Terok Nor was like. <laughs> dark, kind of dusty. It's just, ugh. So it was just, dark. Just a three for me. Um,
0: well, I think the gap's gonna widen a little bit again, okay uh this is like it is definitely an episode for slow thinkers, like I mentioned, yeah, but I guess Cisco and everybody were thinking at least a little bit because uh it is if it does they do eventually do an allegiance here mm-hmm. where when they end up back in the cell, they're just like, all right, Odo, no, we kind of need to know what's going on now
1: yeah we kept- we figured this one out it's it's you, buddy. we let all those uh convenient. Interruptions earlier go on, when you were always about to tell us what was happening. But now we actually need to know what's happening.
0: Yeah, now it is important that we find out. Uh, I just think at some point Garrick should have worked it all the way out and asked Dodo if it wasn't really him in charge of the executions. Like, yeah, you've got Garrick along, and he does—he doesn't do dick in this episode. He just keeps being mildly surprised at the treatment of the Bajorans. Yes, like it's as if it's an episode where he is learning. About the truth of the occupation, but it's
1: just a hundred percent not. Yeah, but you couldn't do it because then that would be admitting that Garrick really was a dummy. And even though he kind of yeah. acts like a dummy in this one, if he didn't know what the what was happening to the Bajorans, you'd have to be like, I guess he's not. I guess he's not really in the know, huh? Guess he's not like it a is really weird.
0: good spy. It is weird to see him mouthing the party line about the occupation the whole episode.
1: Yeah. It did seem like he was more of an outsider in season one or two when he was yeah. bad-mouthing Dukat and cold-icing dudes.
0: Uh, you know I don't love dream sequences and flashbacks in my TV,
1: <laughs> yep. so
0: I was never going to be all in on this one. But Kurtwood Smith and Ducat and Garrick sure. elevated it to watchability for me.
1: I think that's why I felt like it was kind of watchable despite the DS9-ness yeah. of it. So I was all the way up at a five. Okay. Uh, what about world building?
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see if Ben noticed anything interesting. The Bajoran resistance had a presence on Tarak Nor. Garrick thinks that uh, the, the Cardassians could alter themselves enough to pass as another species. Well, yeah. we know they can. Yep. Which he has already. We seen. know they can do Bajorans at least. Yes. Because of, because of Fresca.
1: Well, because of Fresca, and we know that they can um, they can do it the other way, too. When they made Kira, I guess, so Cardassian, she looked in the mirror and said, Maybe I am Cardassian. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which was just mind-boggling at home. <laughs> I mean, I just I really feel she like did. if you put me in Cardassian makeup and you had a room full of people telling me I was Cardassian for, like, weeks, I wouldn't just be like, Fuck, I don't know, maybe... Shit, man! Damn! I guess! I guess! Yeah, I'm a Cardassian. It's me. Uh, So he has
0: it as a two. Uh, I think the most interesting things in this episode are that... Odo's spin that he put on himself has made him kind of a hero among the Bajorans for some reason. Yeah. Not usually how let's say concentration camp guards are viewed.
1: <laughs> he was just so fair. Yeah, you don't uh, hear that a the,
0: lot. The Bajorans might be better people than we are because uh, Odo didn't end up against the wall as soon as the Cardassians were out of there. Well, they just I've, let him keep being the cop on the station.
1: I think we find out in this episode they probably should have put him against the wall. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the
0: uh, Great Link is explicitly telepathic now.
1: Yeah, maybe the physical. I guess that's stuff, how we have to understand it. Maybe the physical stuff's just for sex. Just for sex. Reasons. Oh, maybe so, he
0: was into it like it was sex the first time it happened, and so. that
1: lady fucking knew he would be. Yeah,
0: she was like, "This little verge, come on." <laughs> um, just a one for me for world building. I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, there's not too much in here. Um... I don't know what this conference was supposed to be that they were coming from. Apparently it was all about relitigating the Bajoran occupation. Sounds like a blast. Um Yeah. A class two plasma storm, which I guess made the link happen. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Miraji Crystals, whatever those are. Uh, again, the term Spoonheads, I can never keep track of which racist terms we've previously already heard, but... Um... I
0: assume Spoonheads has come up before. First of all, it describes them so well, and (laughs) second of all, there was a lot... In season one, there was a lot more
1: Bajorans hate Cardassians stuff. Yeah, 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 it's probably come up. Uh, but, uh, Garak seemed... Uh, surprised and outraged by it. Um, Terok Nor's whole deal seven years ago. Hey, what if Garrick had turned to the others and said, "Actually, we we sometimes call ourselves spoonheads
0: too. Don't don't tell them. I don't want to take it away from the Bajorans, but uh, we <laughs> get it. Our heads
1: do look like spoons." Yeah. Uh, a two for me. I gave it a two for everything about Terok Nor getting to see that little piece. But even though we, I think we've previously seen some of that business, but.
0: Uh, yeah, I forgot to, to mention that it seems like uh, the Cardassians also used gold pressed latinum as currency during the occupation. It could be. It's m- not a purely Ferengi obsession.
1: They certainly are willing to be bribed in it, for sure. It's also the standard excited.
0: pay from Quark on the station is in latinum. Right.
1: Oh, boy. Characterization. Well, what about characterization? Uh, ben is pretty low. He gave it a one. He says, Garrick comes off pretty bad. That's an understatement. Um, he then says it's some Mel Gibson in Vodka Veritas shit. So, sure. And then uh, he says, none of this is real except sort of what Odo thinks of himself, which is, in itself is a distorted viewpoint. It's all false or distorted. I don't know. I mean, our characters are in a weird dream, but I think they're acting as themselves now.
0: Odo is the only are, one who
1: matters, but...
0: Yeah, I think we are expected to believe that they all experienced this and had whatever revelations are... Now, it doesn't really
1: matter because yeah. it's kind of just the Odo show. Right. No, it's Nothing that really happens with Garrick or Cisco or Dax or whatever, so... Yeah. So I get it. I'm not much higher. I gave it a two. Um, Garrick is a real shit around Bajorans. I also thought maybe this would be Garrick coming face-to-face with Cardi Occupation and how bad it was, but... You know, he isn't supposed to be dumb, he must know all of it, so when he says these terrible things, it's just to be a dick, or maybe he really thinks it, I don't know. Um, he's got some sleight-of-hand thief skills, um, but he overall he takes a hit in this episode. Odo still feels... Yep. Yeah. No, go ahead, I thought you were done. Uh, Odo still feels guilty about his role in the occupation, but he never adequately explains what caused him to send these men to their deaths. I still don't know. Uh quark's treatment of these Bajoran slaves is very bad, and what else is new? Uh good thing we already knew Ducat sucked. Just no uh,
0: by the way, I don't know if any of the Ducat stuff is real. Like there are scenes with Dax and Gold- oh, uh, yeah, This is in Odo's memory. Yeah, what's going on with that? Is that part of his
1: uh fucking surveillance? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is this all the video he remembers watching?
0: Like in Odo's mind, he's like, Goldiecott would probably be like, <laughs> "Oh no, I just need a friend." Oh, I, I mean, the a, Bajorans are my children. Everybody misunderstands right. me, and it's a hundred percent right. But came <laughs> <laughs> off as completely authentic. But
1: you're right. What I don't know that there's
0: any reason to believe that any of those conversations. Took place, or that there even was a counterpart for Dax, by the way, because this is a story about three men who got executed. Dax is along for the ride, but she doesn't have necessarily a counterpart
1: in real life it's actually kind of weird that she is part of this dream but it's odo's memory dream but she gets to go off and have her yeah when you fucking
0: think about it it's kind of like the only reason that she's here is so she can be put into sexual peril huh (laughs) yeah
1: kind of yeah a little bit kind of like
0: the writers put her in this show she doesn't have a story in the original timeline no well she's kind of just there so we can be like golducott's gonna do an r
1: yeah yep nice good work guys as always (laughs) that's always great work great work Uh, Bashir just says to people he's treating they're going to be fascinating subjects for a cool paper he's going to write yeah Kira is disappointed in Odo will there be other consequences of his crimes probably not almost everyone takes a hit in this one which is why it's a two for me it's real, the, the real, yeah,
0: by the way, it's a two for me also. The real uh, terrible thing about Odo is, even at the end, he still uses a lot of hedge language, like, I shouldn't have turned them over to Gul Dukat.
1: <laughs> yeah, we like, saw in his memory, hey, he's watching them get iced.
0: <laughs> hey, bud. Hey, buddy. What do you mean you turned them? What did you think, uh, were you not there did you not go in there and tell them that the sentence was going to be death and they were going to be executed?
1: <laughs> Did you not you act stand like you there turned and turn them over
0: to Gul Dukat and then you were walking by the promenade when they got executed?
1: <laughs> he shows us his memory of him like ordering the execution and watching, and just like standing yeah. there next to the rifles blasting the dudes in the fucking chest. Yeah, Odo, you're right. Turning them over. Fuck this fucking uh, guy. I don't have a lot to add. Uh, Obviously,
0: Garrick comes off real racist this week. He's also straight trash for uh, getting on that runabout and going down there to debate the occupation. Uh Uh-huh. Without, like... Like, if there was a minute in the runabout where he's like, well, I want it to be on record with the card," So, defending it... Uh, rehabilitating myself with the Cardassians, do you know what I mean? Mm, like, yeah, it's gonna be like, hard for me. to I don't to go really home. believe that, but they needed a there needed to be a devil's advocate, and I wanted to be on record. Yeah, yeah, something uh, that would be something. But instead, it's just like he just unironically believes all this stuff, and it's like, uh, okay, I guess he's not the. No. He's just really towing the party line here. He's not the sneaking around forming his own opinions guy that he seemed to be
1: yeah you know how it's a total mistake to like have heroes in 2020 or 2021 because in yeah. three weeks you'll see something that they posted somewhere and go oh never mind that guy <laughs> sucks turns out like it's the same thing with anyone a star trek writer is handling because in three weeks a different star trek writer is going to get hold of him and he's just gonna be awful
0: uh i mean i have just another couple of characterization notes Cisco, for some reason, w- wants to escape to the Federation <laughs> to tell them about this weird, how they're back in time and they're in a different timeline now, and can you please help? Mm-hmm. Was he just real impressed um, with the Bureau of Temporal Investigations <laughs> guys when they showed up, and they were like, I want to introduce myself to James Kirk using my real name, too.
1: Those two cartoon characters who came to his <laughs> office? Yeah. yeah.
0: it's It's like, it's so it's so weird and so passive for him to just want to go to the Federation for help. He, he doesn't call them when there's legitimate reason. <laughs>
1: it's right. Yep. Yeah,
0: that's true. Uh, yeah. 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 Dax seems to be there just for the threat of sexual violence. Garrick uh, doesn't learn anything about the occupation as far as I can tell. So it's really just the Odo show and, uh, don't like some of the things he was saying to those Bajorans about how they need to learn their goddamn place.
1: Not amazing stuff out of him.
0: Yeah. So just a two for me. Okay. Quick ones. Uh, I mean, you know, Ben also uh, noticed uh, our old buddy Red Foreman showing <laughs> up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Came up with a good nickname for him, Red Anthrax, based on Red Foreman, Anthrax, and Thrax. I would, I hope I remember next time I see him to call him Red Anthrax.
0: Red Anthrax, that's yeah, that's a good name. Uh, he also liked that uh, Oda suggested maybe this was a Hollow suite and Cisco just said and pro- program, like instead mm-hmm. of debating whether it was a Hollow sweet or just like, well, it, fuck it, it take me one second to find out. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. Except, ah, uh, except they break so often, and most of the time when it breaks, you can't do that. It's a, it's a real problem. There don't appear yeah, to be any I mean, holodeck fail-safes. It's like, when it breaks, you can't then make it go away.
0: Yeah, I didn't see any scenes where Cisco was, like, looking at all the walls and stuff on <laughs> bookshelves to see if anything was sparking or <laughs> like wigging that, out.
1: Like in that fucking World War II episode where you just look, kind of look behind the bar and there's a bunch of panels. And you're like, huh, it's kind of shoddy programming. Okay.
0: I mean, it would have been fun, but it would have been a real distraction if three quarters of the way into the episodes just goes, like, pushing stuff around on Quark's bar going, I guess it, it still doesn't seem like a hollow suite to me. <laughs>
1: I'm going to keep checking every once in a while, just in case. Uh,
0: for me, there's an excess of neural energy in his cerebral cortex. Mm. So, you know, everyone's in a shared hallucination. Every time we do one of these episodes, there's something in the Memory Alpha notes about how great Frame of Mind is and how much everybody <laughs> loves Frame of Mind. I can't wait to see how we score that episode.
1: I mean, in my head, I've always scored it with a big fat F minus, but we will see how it does on the fucking rubric.
0: Yeah, we definitely considered it one of the 150 yeah. worst episodes. It's in, of- the,
1: it's in the bottom <laughs> 150, 100%. Yeah, it's not good. Come on. And when I show a glimmer of independent thought, you strap me down, inject me with drugs. You call it a treatment? Yep. It's yep, not, yep, yep. It's not amazing.
0: All that's coming up, uh, probably. That's yeah, I think we still got a minute. Yeah. I think we still got a minute before we get to frame of mind. But, yeah, it's just like, uh, even when they were making this, they had that on their mind. Ugh.
1: Oh, boy, it's actually way out. Is it season seven or six? I can't remember. It's week 146, so that's probably season, the end of season six, okay. maybe? What was yeah. the end of season six? In my memory, Troy's in her blue uniform, which would make it season six, but I, I might. Uh, yeah, Descent Part
0: 1 is 151, so it's like four episodes before that. Okay. God. <sighs> what about you? Do you have any quick hitters? Oh, I didn't
1: know if you had best actor or worst actor or whatever. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: you're right. You're right, you're right. I do have that segment. I gave Best Actor to Thrax and Worst Actor to Worf.
1: Worf is just helplessly doing nothing next to Bashir in those brief cutaways. It's The Little yep. League on DS9 is really unmatched. <laughs> no, They're it so is, for sure. bold. They're just like, and then we'll just have Quark show up for a scene. Or maybe we'll just have him say one line. But everyone will get in.
0: Uh, in the Tribbles one, he didn't even get a line, but he did get to mug with a Tribble on his head.
1: That's <laughs> right just a slow zoom out of all the triples.
0: Uh, armin shimmerman probably had to physically sign a document saying that that counted for that week i'm sure
1: <laughs> uh yeah i got i got a couple of quick hitters i remember having thrax in the timelines game and clearly seeing that the actor was kurtwood smith um, so those, <laughs> he's got a real distinctive face those drawings must have been pretty good because they were little drawings on my phone and i still went Oh look I don't remember this guy, because I did not remember where he came into the story. I was like, who the fuck is Thrax? Again, everybody little-leaves it in this one, except, I don't know, is O'Brien in that first scene in Ops? Because I don't remember him in this. And I mean, like, obviously Boy. no Jake or Keiko or people like that. They don't always appear, but...
0: Boy, well, you're right. I don't remember him being in that scene. Maybe I didn't write I don't think I wrote his name.
1: No, I don't remember him being in it at all. He might have missed one. Um, yeah. DS9's got too many characters, though, man. It's just way too many. If you're going to put in uh, Garrick and Dukat, it's just like there's just not as much room for everybody else. Well,
0: they added Worf and they removed Kira. <laughs> Nog, I think, technically.
1: Yeah, he's actually gone, although he'll be back. And then he'll be back. Again, know. dude, it's like season six and seven of this show, there's like 50 recurring characters. It's yeah. messed up. Uh, that's it.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Uh, second place last week was Voyager. This week we watched Latent Image.
1: Schmollis is still into photography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this time he claims he's doing it for medical knowledge, though. He's using a hollow imager of some kind, and uh, he discovers some incisions in the back of Harry's skull, like where it meets the spine, that are, like, his signature shit. But yeah. he doesn't remember doing the surgery on the guy, and neither does Harry Kim, he says. So, <laughs> looks like we got a clues-type mystery on our hands' credits. Yeah. The doctor makes a house call to Janeway and tells her about doing this, uh, cool secret surgery on Harry Kim 18 months ago, and she also claims not to know what's up, but that she'll she'll help him look into it. Uh, Seven doesn't want to deal with this dude either, but he tells her all about his big mystery anyway. She agrees to assist him, but then when she goes to meet him an hour later in sickbay, the doctor's like, uh, I never asked you about this. I don't even know what you're talking about. Um... Also, that hot upskin pic he took of Harry is delorted. <laughs> so, I assume he calls them upskins, right? Probably. He's a fucking pervert. Um, so, they go to the holodeck to look through all of his really cool photo albums. Uh, the images from that time frame have also been trashed, though. Seven's able to restore them. We'll talk about it in world building. And they see lots of images of a lady ensign who neither of them recognizes. And of a scary event. Aliens. Guns. All of that business. Uh, the doctor's program was rewritten at some point so he'd forget everything that happened. Seven starts restoring the, uh, the memories. We get some flashbacks, recovered memories, what have you. Uh, this lady got iced by some aliens. And I, I don't know. That's all we know at this point, but it had a big impact on him, I guess. Um, On or around her dang birthday. That's right. There's lots of birthday stuff going on. That's so you know that it was important. Uh, The doctor goes to Janeway and Duvok and tells them they must have been attacked and all their memories erased. Also, the danger (laughs) is very real because his memory was just erased again today. I think the slow thinker in this episode is definitely him. Oh, yeah. Uh... Janeway uh, asks him to shut himself down so that they can catch the aliens the next time they try to tamper with his program. But the doctor sets up extra spy traps, including a very obvious blinking hollow imager just sitting there (laughs) blinking away. Uh, does he catch anyone? Yeah, sure enough. Somebody comes in and erases his damn memory again. Uh, the doctor reactivates, and he has his memories because he has the computer to keep them. And uh, he checks his cool camera, and sure enough, it was Janeway who fucked him over. Instead of being cool and, like, setting more traps, trying to get more information, <laughs> he goes straight to the bridge to accuse Janeway and the rest of them. <laughs> Janeway doesn't give him any details. She pulls a two fix and tells him he's malfunctioning and that this is all to save his program and he better fucking smile the next time she erases his memories.
0: <laughs> she tells him his quarters smell
1: like Klingon <laughs> shit and he's got to put up or shut up. Every time she does something wrong and someone's mad at her about it, she just turns it right around on him. Uh, TP won't tell him either, but Seven gets a look on her face. You know, that that means she's going to go see Janeway. Uh, sure enough, she goes to see Janeway, who's relaxing in her quarters, probably to tell her some common sense things that Janeway's never thought of before and will immediately reject. Seven tells her... I and mean, that's the pattern. Yeah, and sure enough, Seven tells her she's got shit for brains, uh, and then they have an icy <laughs> chat to some chill classical piano. Janeway says with a straight face that the doctor is basically a replicator... Um, she's going to be an admiral soon. Please keep that in mind.
0: Everyone remember that.
1: (laughs) Anyway, Seven must have reached her a little because she agrees, um, before she finally wipes the doctor again to let him know what happened. She, um, oh, he, he remembers this missing ensign lady a bunch and then the terrible event with the aliens. They uh, attack a shuttle that Harry and this lady and the doctor are in and they ice these dudes good. That yeah, gun. Makes they shoot them with
0: harmful rays for real. Yeah,
1: their faces get all bloody. It's a weird fucking thing that they shoot them with. Um. Anyway, the doctor uh, beamed the alien away, and then called for help. And he was able to. You know, eventually he was able to save Kim. But the big problem is that he had two equally wounded people, and had to make the impossible choice of who to treat. And he picked Harry Kim. And the doctor can't immediately understand why this event was such a big deal. Uh, But then they give him the real fucking deets. Which is all the flashbacks about his inability after that point to make a choice or, like, be cool and not scare Neelix. (laughs) Basically lost his mind and they had to shut him down. Uh, He immediately loses it again. So they... This time Janeway goes to seven and I guess is convinced to let the doctor work this one out on his own this time and not just keep wiping his memory. So not what they decide in clues. In clues they're like, we'll just do it better. But in this Yeah, one, but the last thirty seconds of clues were extremely
0: wild. I think we yes, all agree. That's
1: right. Uh anyway, so they keep him like locked away to be crazy on the holodeck on his own for a while, but like I guess he has a chaperone at all times. Um Janeway's sitting and chilling with him, Tuvok comes to relieve her, but now she wants to nurse the replicator through his trauma. Yep, by reading it some poetry. Mm -hmm. She eventually goes off to rest and the doctor's left alone with her stupid book. He starts to read it. I think he said it was The Good Life by Rivers Cuomo. I don't don't know what the significance of that is, but... Uh, That's it. By the way, he's not cured or anything. I assume by next week he'll be 100% cured and we'll never talk about this again. But in this episode, he's still working through it.
0: For sure doesn't seem like the kind of thing that he'll still be going through next week.
1: Yeah. That's it, man. I don't know. (sighs) Fuck. How how many of these things are we going to do where they all take place in different times and in flashbacks and time travel and fucking shared dreams? Jesus. What was this about?
0: Well... According to Ben, the take of this episode is, life is pain, denying someone their own pain is tantamount to taking away their humanity, and then he says, Jesus, this is bleaker than a Deep Space Nine episode. (laughs) Yeah, it is tough to have both of them around sometimes. Uh, For me, it was hard to know whether this was an individual rights question Mm -hmm. or a question about Growth and being allowed to make your own Mistakes sure. Or if it's about the danger of Hyper focusing on past Decisions I am going to say Matthew That it had growth themes Okay That Janeway recognizes that both Seven and Schmulis are growing and changing And there's no reset button And sometimes giving them autonomy Means they could get hurt I still don't know what to do With it though Yeah well, I agree. Uh, I gave it a two. This is this is a borderline no take for me. I I agreed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I uh, well, I can tell because I'm looking at this and I have a huge long paragraph full of ideas about what the episode might be about. <laughs> so, I thought for a long time the problem was going to be that he lost someone he loved. Did you get right. that feeling at all too? Well, the this actress. Because so,
0: it's because the recovered memories are images taken from his camera, literally latent images. Thank you, Voyager. Yeah, it's
1: yeah, yes.
0: Uh, so she's like always way close up in the frame and constantly spiking the lens of the (laughs) camera Uh in a way that, and then she looks a little bit like Minuet,
1: Uh, like a half-min for
0: sure. She got, it's like a she's like, we're doing a half min here. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, it does kind of set her up as though she's very special in the beginning until she just eats it, and then later in uh, the mess hall, he says, and I just picked Harry Kim because I was closer to him. And you're like, are you? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I get that we are, but theoretically, yeah, I don't, this I don't woman see had you a full life out. on Voyager. <laughs> exactly.
1: And uh, you had a lot of pictures of this broad and you think a lot about her birthday. So, yeah, exactly. I so, know. I mean, are you, though? Yeah, I thought it was going to be like human emotions and relationships are full of risk, terrible risk or something like that. And I was disappointed to find out that it was about software written so bad that choosing <laughs> which patient to treat, a doctor's core job description, made him an insano. Oh, a,
0: a definitely a core job description of an emergency medical hologram. You'd
1: think his whole job would be to figure out who to treat. His whole shit ought to be triage. They never assumed there'd be two people with the same injury? Because I think Zimmerman's a bad programmer, for real. Um,. Yeah, probably. So what is the take? Robots aren't as good at reconciling the nature of choice as sentient people are? Because I guess it fucking depends on your shitty future tech. If it's just making a choice that you think is ethical and right in the moment can still haunt you if you have a bad outcome is the take. Like, that's ass. I can only assign a one for themes, I think. Can you believe that they they bothered to make this entire episode and I have no (laughs) idea what they were trying to say? You fucking almost said it when you said that the doctor had to make a
0: choice, and if you had just gone one step further and said that <laughs> he had to make a Sophie's Choice, you would have hit on the genesis of this episode, which is, hey, wasn't Sophie's Choice cool? What if the doctor had to make a Sophie's Choice? Fuck
1: me. Good God. Well, then they really should have made it so that he was in love. Wouldn't it have been more impactful if he was like had a thing for her, but then he chose Harry Kim, and then like that's what he had to yeah. live with? Instead of just I don't know, choices make me crazy. You know me. Or he
0: chose Harry Kim for some logical reason, like he's the bridge. He's on the bridge crew. Yeah, like he, he he's his, part of the bridge crew. His
1: algorithm that was designed into him by Zimmerman made him do the math and be like he's more critical to the mission or whatever. Right. She's a geologist,
0: and we got six of those. And yeah. then the episode is a, a question about whether. Uh, whether there's more to the value of a human than some algorithm
1: can calculate? Something. Something would have been good. Anything? Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, some help here would be hot, I think. <laughs> Any help here would be hot. Any help here would be hot. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Just the one for themes. Um, well, what about execution? Ben gave it a... Surely. Ben gave it a two. Um... A simple trick catches Janeway tampering with memories. Is that really Janeway though? It's a case of who's crazy. I don't think this is the real Janeway though. Oh wait, this is the real Janeway. That's lame. <laughs> so he was yeah, going he through never it. he never got out in front of this one. No. <laughs> but yeah, just the two for him. Um Okay, so clues has been done. Um this series has already done an episode about recovered memories. Yes. <laughs> so I just, I don't... Uh, recently, since the introduction of Seven of Nine. Yeah, I don't really see why we gotta do this again, but okay, we're doing it again. Again, it's extremely dumb that this is what sets the Doctor off. Zimmerman was a shit programmer. I kept thinking there had to be something special about Ensign Jital. Um. Anyway, we already talked about all that. Uh, It wasn't the worst thing to watch during the mystery parts, but the mystery was actually solved pretty early, and I was very underwhelmed. By all of it. I do like Seven arguing with Janeway all the time. Somebody has to keep her in line. Yeah, everybody else is just... Well, they've seen her execute a person, so... <laughs> they, they could be next. They, they don't fight anymore. Yeah, nobody else on this crew gave a crap about this. They just wanted it all to go away. They're all ready to erase his memory for the ninth time or whatever by the end. Yeah, not since Carrie got his face eaten, has anyone...
0: <laughs> uh... Stepped out of line with Janeway, I think. Hey, who were
1: these aliens?
0: What Uh, unknown and I guess it
1: doesn't matter. Yeah, what did they want? Nobody knows. Janeway will hear space shrieks from light years away and fly at warp (laughs) speed to investigate. (laughs) She sure did. She never looked into these fucking guys who was savagely attacked them? These were these were some
0: dudes who felt pretty confident attacking a shuttle in space, and as soon as Voyager showed up and started exchanging fire, they just got out of there, right?
1: Yeah, so, like, oh, like, this isn't as fun. Clearly,
0: these were just some pirates who were like, well, this ain't gonna pay off for us.
1: They are assholes who developed a weapon that is very bloody and messy, but doesn't just do a cool vaporization. They're jerks, for sure. Yeah, definitely. That was not stunned, and that was not vaporized. That was a nasty in-between setting. Uh, anyway I wish we'd learned something about who those aliens were anyway it's a three for me Um,
0: yeah Uh, number one I think it's a much better story if as soon as this resurfaces Jane Wade takes Shmolus aside and explains what happened yeah M- maybe because she's had a year to think about it maybe because she's already internalized the lesson seven has to teach her this week <laughs> That'd and nice. they just work through the issue. There's something in his memory that made him go crazy last time. And she thinks it's best if he doesn't look into it. But they're willing to try again. Maybe prepare him. Expose him to it little by little. Mm-hmm. Instead, we have to play mystery. And put a lot of horseshit in Janeway's mouth about how the guy who made them watch his vacation slideshow two weeks <laughs> ago isn't a person
1: at all. It's crazy. She, You know, by the way, she has never... Felt like he was a person. That's actually consistent. No, absolutely. This is
0: legitimately the reason why he doesn't have a name and we call him Shmullus (laughs) everywhere.
1: It's just so wild.
0: He asked Janeway to give him a name in like episode three. Yeah. And here we are in week 104 and he ain't got a name and And she's not even slightly more convinced that he's a person. Nope. Uh, The episode also ended up feeling pretty long. Mm, because it's spaced out in little bits and pieces and like you said, the climax of the mystery comes real early. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot of melodrama. Uh, Picardo gets a lot of acting done (laughs) in the back third. And it's never clear to me why he reached the conclusion that he chose Harry Kim because he was closer to him, and I think that would have helped clarify his dilemma. Because... (laughs) Tom Paris is like, you got to pick one doc, and he just starts working on Harry Kim. <laughs> yes. And in that moment, we don't learn anything about how he
1: made that decision. And by the and way, then he doesn't
0: really clarify it later.
1: If he's a computer, shouldn't this be an instant reaction? What is this very gradual panic reaction he has to this? In the moment, he yeah. treats Harry Kim just fine, and at some point later, starts to have freakouts about it.
0: Yeah. Like why? Excuse me. What, he has an introspection routine. that <laughs> yeah. runs on a cron job at two in the morning. It
1: literally like discounts everything that happened in his last three days. Only like once you get to three days does it start to get in there. And then he's like, oh, well, it, no, it, it.
0: it ran and it threw an error in the log when the <laughs> introspection routine noticed a conflict. <laughs> and then later that week, uh, his, he had a weekly cron that scrubs all the logs uh-huh. and it noticed the, the introspection conflict error and it tried to raise that error. Oh, shit. Anyway, eventually it was a colonel panic. Yeah. Yep. Um, but like you said, I actually expected this to be much worse. Yeah, for some uh, reason it wasn't I gave that it a, bad. <laughs> I gave it as much as a four, to be honest. Okay. I think it's just because someone tells Janeway... <laughs> that she's wrong about something, and she fucking listens for once in her goddamn life.
1: She, yeah, she like she fucking takes it in, and then even still, she's about to erase his memory. But then she's yep, like, "All right, yep, yeah, we'll let you hear." You it guys
0: remember? You guys remember about five weeks ago when Data asked Picard, "Hey, are you a racist
1: about me?" <laughs> Picard wanted to shut and that Picard's down so like, fast.
0: Okay, got it, 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 go take the Sutherland.
1: Uh you can command uh, all the ships, I guess, as long as this conversation ends. You can be just command all of them.
0: <laughs> and instead, Janeway was like, All right, well, you can leave my quarters. Yep. When you go sweat in your sweaty alcove <laughs>
1: <laughs> I probably- like to think she has little little nitpicks about everyone's personal space on the ship. Probably. That way when she barges in she has something mean to say. Uh, What about world building? Uh, Ben's a one, although hollow imager does x-rays.
0: He has developed some new surgical techniques out here in the Delta Quadrant. He can recognize his own handwriting, so to speak. Uh, Also seems to have a team of three or four sickbay helpers we've never met when uh, someone needs a stretcher. Who were those guys? One of them was in a yellow uniform, but like, who were they?
1: I'm tired of hearing about how Tom Paris, the ship's pilot, has to do all the nurse stuff. Like, he he can clearly find Uh. other people. What about promote one of the stretcher monkeys? Mm-hmm. Uh, like,
0: how many how many science officers does the ship need right now?
1: Also, you'd think four years in, whatever, five years in, whatever season this is, the guy who complains every single day about having to be a nurse, you would just, like, let it go and let somebody else do it. Yeah. If he, hasn't, if he say, hasn't warmed up after five years, you'd just be like, all right, we're going to pick someone else. Just to be the send nurse. out a
0: bulletin that says, who wants to be a lieutenant? <laughs> That's right. And let one of the 50 ensigns on the ship train to become a nurse. That's right.
1: Who wants to be Tom Paris's boss,
0: is what I'd say.
1: And then whoever oh, said yeah. yes gets to be the new <laughs> Who nurse. wants to
0: outrank Tom Paris? <laughs> um, also, uh, the doctor has no rights and anyone can play around in his
1: program. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, it's a one. One out of me.
1: Yeah, it's not good. Um, Seven detects residual photons and can reconstruct the hollow material from that. So, if you think you're whacking it on the holodeck on incognito mode, <laughs> fucking think about it. Don't. Yeah,
0: you do gotta. It. Like, it's enough that they're not just gonna be able to bring up the list of programs that were run that day. <laughs> yeah. But, like, if they wanna find out, they can. They so. can
1: literally just reconstruct the nasty fucking shit you were doing in there. Just.
0: Save up your replicator
1: rations and get a couple of harps and uh, <laughs> that's right. beat home off harps. your quarters like Riker. A couple of home harps for you. You don't have to go all the way to the holodeck. Um, the Doctor can't pick between two seemingly equal options. It seems like a real flaw. Mm-hmm. But that's apparently true about him. Uh, the 77th Emperor's Cup sounded like Sumo. It did. In the middle of a firefight, TP asks engineering to transfer all available power to six. no, no, hold
0: on. Oh, let's talk about that for 15 more minutes. Okay, good, good, good. That conversation, Janeway is arguing with Tuvok and Chakotay Uh about who won the
1: match. Yeah, dude, they ain't got Wikipedia. (laughs) Like, obviously, if they had it, that would have been it. Like, Tuvok would have looked up in the first 30 seconds, and then it would have been waiting for an opportunity in the back to go, "Uh, guys, I looked it up. Like it was, it was whoever you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did that conversation start? I
0: can only imagine that Jane way. Like, uh, here's what I think: she probably used an analogy, hoping that everyone would think she was cool and smart,
1: like Takashi, at was, the 77th like, <laughs> Emperor's Cup. Like,
0: exactly. And then uh, Tuvok piped up and said, "Takashi lost."
1: <laughs> She's like, "No, and I was she, there." She, and then she fucking. Doubles down. Yes, it says she was there. I was fucking yeah. there. I was there. I was in the ring. <laughs> it's like, why are you? Why are you arguing? He's a he's a Vulcan. He probably knows.
0: You'd be like when Wade Boggs hit that home run off Dennis Eckersley in the 88 World Series. And someone like, I think you'll find it was Kirk Gibson. I
1: was fucking I there. Was there. It was I was there. I was fucking Bo- in the stadium. It's Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs. He, he wasn't a Dodger. Never though. played for the sense. Dodgers. I was fucking there. I was in the front. I caught the ball. Yeah. she's. Hey, She sucks at everything, right? He signed it Wade Boggs. <laughs> She's the fucking worst. <laughs> um.
0: Anyway, it just seems like a horrible place to work.
1: Boy, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> no one can go anywhere. What's your where's choice?
0: The, where's the good do? part of the ship to work? Astrometrics, where Seven of Nine is like, you're inefficient, you suck. No, you can't do go it in a there. Borg, do it a Borg way. You're you don't have a name now. You're number five. The
1: instant they built it, she made that place her fucking new bedroom, and no one can fucking go in there. So no, you that's wanna, not it.
0: Do you want to work in engineering with the stink of Vorik trying to R (laughs) Balana constantly fouling up the place?
1: Oh, and then anytime someone comes into engineering, balana has got some shit fucking remarks for him. No, you want to work away from the entire senior staff. I think that's pretty normal. You don't want to be anywhere. You don't don't
0: want to work security under fucking Tuvok. He'll have you running laps. (laughs) That's the only the only (laughs) motivational style he has.
1: Honestly, I would just like sit in a cargo bay all day, no matter what my job was. And they'd be like, "Why are you in the cargo bay?" And I'd be like, "I had to go. I had to go drop something off in there." And then I'd be like, "I gotta find a new place to sit for my next shift."
0: (laughs) Doesn't nobody, nobody, nobody stacks these right. I got a scheme. Can I? I think I should. Everybody's got to pitch in. I should be in charge of stacking.
1: Yeah, it was like for the few months I worked it. Long's, Long's Drugs, I always forget which one it was, I would um, find any opportunity to go outside and round up the carts. Just to get away from everybody. <laughs> like,
0: the best part of my day is
1: getting the carts. That's right. Yeah, that would be me on Voyager, too. Uh, in the middle of a firefight, TP asks Engineering to transfer all available power to bay. What if they need that juice for, like, shields or weapons? Mm-hmm. Balana just says sure. So, it's <laughs> fine. You've got all the available power already.
0: She <laughs> yeah, it would be great if she's like,
1: yep, I'm doing it now, and just turns it off and goes, fucking an idiot. Like, they got...
0: <laughs> you can just hear her going, beep, beep, boop, then she slaps her <laughs> comm badge.
1: We don't see the doctor recover, but I'm guessing none of this will ever come up again. Um, I gave it as much as a two for the bit about now you can't whack it on the holodeck. <laughs> If you know that that's possible? Now you're just like, well, fuck, that was it. That was the last thing I had in the Delta Quadrant. No, this was my one thing.
0: It could be that his Sony Mavica digital camera doesn't. is <laughs> less sophisticated technology than the actual holodeck. <laughs> but yeah. Uh,
1: characterization. Uh, yeah. Let me know how they did. Well, Ben gave it a five. Pretty good score yeah. for him this week, Uh, he says there was a forgotten character, makes sense, most are forgettable he says Seven sort of convinces Janeway to suck a little less this episode I guess it was Seven, I didn't talk in the description much about the conversations they had because it went the way most of them go where she says no, you're totally wrong and then they compare whatever problem is happening with the other characters to Seven trying to become a human and I guess it worked this week
0: <clears throat> yeah uh no yeah i mean seven here's what i wrote in my notes seven is troubled and goes to see janeway janeway tells seven that it's fine because the doctor isn't a person mm-hmm. seven says well that's personally that's pretty <laughs> troubling
1: yeah because i'm uh also like a robot of some kind
0: you, you may know that about me <laughs> yeah and then later janeway just shows up in uh seven's bedroom in the middle of the night which is t- uh, to be fair she just went to janeway's bedroom i guess mm-hmm. so yep. turn about fair play i guess yeah
1: um, yep. I, here's what I got. The doctor has a lot of hobbies. Therefore, proving that if you didn't have to sleep, you wouldn't necessarily be more productive. He apparently doesn't have anything he could be researching or preparing for. Nope. He's a fucking robot, but
0: anyway. He's not, uh, trying to go over that Cardassian's notes and, uh. Work out what research is tainted and <laughs> yep. what report he should be making to the Federation about it. His best friend, who's
1: long gone now.
0: Yeah, 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 Ted Danson.
1: Anyway, he's uh, badly built. I think you mean dead Tansom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> dead Tansom is his name. Uh, he's badly built. It makes him very emotional about weird stuff. Uh, Janeway hates the doctor. He rings her doorbell in the beginning, and when he announces himself, she audibly sighs and rolls her eyes. Yep. And then, of course, we find out she thinks he's basically a loud replicator. She seriously stands for none of the things that Starfleet is supposed to stand for. Imagine what she would have thought of the exocomps. Oh, yeah. The little drill robots with the cute feet?
0: Yeah, when Data came... To tell her that they can't do the exocomps anymore because he thinks they're sentient, mm-hmm. she would have said, you're fired, <laughs> and uh, also, I wanna, I'm, gonna, now... I'm gonna go shoot
1: the exocomps with phasers. <laughs> exactly. I don't care about this particle fountain at all. I was gonna say, now I'm gonna beam them directly into the sun, just to show you what I think of the exocomps. <laughs> Imagine what she would have done with Hugh. Like... For no real good reason in this one, she changes her mind mid-episode and decides... Well,
0: she would have she looked at the fucking impossible shape optical illusion that Jordy and Data whipped up and said, uh, is there any way we can make it also hurt the Borg while
1: they're dying? <laughs> can we make their skin melt off or something? That'd be pretty cool. Actually, I just gotta come up with a better idea. Can you make a shape that would make Species 8472 die? Because they're <laughs> worse. Cass told me they're worse. Yeah. Um. For no real reason, she changes her mind mid-episode and decides he has a soul now and that she'll do anything to help him. It was kind of like a few weeks ago when she decided to do diplomacy with the 8472s for no reason.
0: By the way, it's ultimately not clear to me whether she decides that Shmueless has a soul, Uh, the counterposition of which seems to be pretty deeply ingrained. Yes. Uh, or she just realized this shit didn't work once and she doesn't want to be back here in a year again and right now they ain't got much going on so maybe they could just let him work it out in the holodeck for a couple of weeks
1: (laughs) maybe Uh, Seven (sighs) also hates the Doctor but she fights for his rights as a person like space lawyer Picard would so that's what earns it as much as a four Uh,
0: Janeway really needs a lot of handholding here yeah also, she tells Seven to her face that computers don't count. Yep. <laughs> so, even though she relents at the end and I guess nobly takes the day off to read poetry in Schmullis's padded, padded cell, uh huh. She's still pretty unlikable. Yes. Also, uh, Tor- Belano Torres is also seems to be on the team, not a person like well. She seems to think this is a big waste of her time. I don't know what she wants to do with her time. She's probably still sneaking off to the holodeck to fight dangerous battles with the safeties off, right?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I was not convinced that she was healed after that very lukewarm pep talk she got from Jocko. Yeah. Hey, uh, it's going to be okay. Oh, great. I'll, I'll stop trying to kill myself now. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: Seven is the moral center of the show this week. And... Frankly, it's consistent, but it's an
1: odd choice. Yeah. Um, she's supposed to be like the outsider who doesn't understand humanity or whatever, but it's, right. then they wrote her to be the only one on the show who understands what it is to be humane.
0: Yeah, and it's like sometimes they make Data do the right thing, and then it can be like everybody else is like, uh, we did let our emotions get in the way, and we were petty, and we need to live our Federation values like you do, Data. Mm-hmm. But... Seven of Nine is a different character. I know she. I know they love this outsider character, and they picked one. Yeah, but you know, uh, it's hard for me to know what to make of the Doctor. Apparently, he's got some nasty guilt subroutines or something. But it's wild to me that nothing else has triggered them. Yeah, he did a full Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde in season three. <laughs> yeah, he apparently did. he's fine with it.
1: Does not care at all about that. I mean, he helps. <laughs> then, to, he helps to ice two fix. He does help to ice Tuvok. don't care about that.
0: Uh, where's Chakotay in all this? Did he have any opinions? Why is it he the one who's helping Janeway with her decisions? Is it because he's too busy running the ship Janeway has no interest in running? <laughs> I remind you that at the end of this episode, Tuvok or whoever comes to talk to Janeway. And she tells him that she has been sitting there babysitting the doctor for 16 hours that day. She she doesn't do her job. No, She hid out for two months when they were going through the worst part of their trip in a fucking nasty void that was making everyone depressed.
1: I was going to say that's the ultimate example is that she just disappeared for two months and he had to go in and like try to get updates from her, but she wasn't even into that. (sighs) Yeah.
0: So... It's just a three,
1: characterization-wise. By the way, I was going to say, I know where Chikote was during this episode. He got caught in a Wikipedia deep dive after he looked up the 77th Emperor's Cup. And then he was just like... Oh, probably. (laughs) On to all kinds of sumo-related business.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was... Listen, I get... I go through this with the sumo rankings. (laughs) With some frequency. Yeah. Whether they, you know, whether they scored enough and then... How their lifetime purse is affected by the number of, like their pension is affected by their rankings and the number of wins and. Yep, there's a lot of it, and it's frankly
1: quite interesting. Um, what about, um, what about quick ones? Quick
0: ones. uh, I was almost certain as this episode started that it would turn out that Schmollis had erased his own memory. Mm. I thought that was the sci-fi way they were going to go on this It was too
1: traumatic, and he had decided he couldn't live with it. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Um, But, you know, maybe he had uh, written himself a letter all about it (laughs) before he forgot about the woman he was in love with, also on (laughs) On, the show.
1: On pencil, with pencil and paper.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Then I wrote, so glad I don't have to describe this one. Then I wrote,
1: got it, it's dumb clues. That's right. It was, uh, clues, not one of the best episodes, but it was better than this one.
0: (laughs) Matt, can this be true of Janeway's busted replicator? That it can't learn not to give her lukewarm coffee? And also, (laughs) she can't learn to order it hot like Picard always ordered his tea?
1: Also, uh, it's out to get her. She knows it. Uh, She knows the computer hates her um, and that she'll never be able to use it. Just to complete all the things she was saying that sounded like something our dad would say. Then it's
0: true. (laughs) Then I wrote, cool, cool, cool. Janeway's a real fucking racist. Yeah. Uh, Then I wrote, I bet Picardo had a lot of fun here. And then finally I wrote, why would Janeway spend 16 hours in there? Someone needs to do something about her. She does not want to be captain anymore.
1: Why don't they just drop her off on the next planet they find? The next one they go to mine from or whatever. Just give her some supplies and leave her there.
0: Why doesn't she do what she really wants to do, which is just declare that she's the chief engineer now and Chakotay's the new captain? <laughs>
1: just abdicate. And by the way, they'd get home five years sooner. <laughs> of course they would. He would at least aim for home. He'd at least shoot toward home and see yeah. what happens.
0: Uh, I gave best actor to Seven, realizing exactly what Janeway thinks of her. Yeah. And worst actor to Jatal. Just constantly hamming it up for the camera. Yeah, yeah. That's the name of the lady. The dead lady. Yes, ensign
1: Jital. Uh, all right. I got uh, two quick hitters. Why is Voyager's entire strategy to ruin every TNG episode? <laughs> and Harry Kim that's Enterprise's move. I know. Well, apparently they they doubled up on it. Um Harry Kim was right, beam that alien into the fucking cosmos. Why did he beam it back to his ship? That guy <laughs> did a very violent piracy on them. Yep. That If it was me, that guy would have been beamed uh, just right into this fucking space. Right in front of the shuttle Smalls, so we could run into him.
0: Schmolls beamed him back, and then he didn't beam right back over. No. So you have to assume that when he got back there, he was like, I don't know, one of these guys is unkillable, and he beamed <laughs> me back, so That's there's right. no point in
1: that. I shot right through him. It was bogus. It sucked. It sucked real bad, dude. It was so bogus. I shot. I went right fucking through him. I was robbed. <laughs> I could have had a three shot. It went right through him. I had a triple shot. I lined it up and everything. It was fucking awesome. I no scoped him, but no, the one guy. No, like, I mean oh, it hit oh. where he was. It just didn't do anything. It's fucking glitched out. He's probably cheating. He's fucking cheating right now. <laughs> He's oh oh shot right through him. Oh, this is typical. Oh great. Uh that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Well, last week's winner was TNG. This week we watched Disaster. Ben's pick of the week.
1: Hi, this is Ben Town, your remote Star Trek edition correspondent with my pick of the week. Pick of the week.
0: Enterprise has a few days off after their mission to Mudor 5. Miles and Keiko are arguing about the name of their son-to-be. Mm. Dr. Crusher is trying to get Geordi to audition for a light opera. <laughs> Troy is introducing Marissa, Jay Gordon, and Patterson, winners of the school science fair, to Picard, who is going to take them all on a tour, but not to the Battle Bridge or Torpedo Bay.
1: No, it's probably just stuff they get to see every day because they live here. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna yeah. take you on a tour of uh I don't know, the neighborhood that you live in. I bet
0: first up on the tour, right back to their classroom.
1: <laughs> and anyway, uh the tour ends here. Have a great day. Like, uh, what what do little kids like? School! <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh they as soon as they get in the turbo lift though, the ship gets rocked all the way out. Yeah. Uh Lieutenant some Lieutenant Monroe. <laughs> previously mentioned, who we have never seen before, I. P. thinks they hit a quantum filament, and here comes another one, by the way.
1: Yeah, then, but then she sits down at the panel, and that doesn't make any sense to me.
0: That, didn't, that was the wrong move if you think she there says, are quantum filaments around.
1: Another one's on the way. Uh, let me sit at the explodey device.
0: <laughs> Wild. Yep. Yep. It's like, oh, there's a fucking there's a stampede coming this way. Let me put a claymore in the ground and then stand right in front of it. <laughs> I
1: screamed at the TV. Well, then don't sit there. She didn't hear me.
0: <laughs> well, at, you're right because after part two, the only people left alive on the bridge are Troy and O'Brien and the ensign at Ops, whose name we eventually learn is Mandel. Yes. Uh, Picard and the kids are pretty shaken up in the turbo lift. Jay Gordon, in particular, is being a real shit about it.
1: <laughs> and uh, hey, can we be real? though? Then, let's be real though. That kid's troubled. Yes, <laughs> Jay Gordon is troubled. This for is, sure. that has nothing to and, do with this event. He came into this messed up.
0: No, and and by the way, uh he seems Dutch. And a, is it a coincidence? <laughs> uh <laughs> Picard makes it worse when he orders him to stop crying. Uh Up on the bridge, ensign Rowe peels open the turbo lift doors. Uh, somehow she is on top of a turbo lift <laughs> at the bridge. <laughs> it's weird.
1: Oh, she always rides on top of the turbo lift. That's what they did back at the camps. So
0: well, she avoids. She gets to avoid Riker that way.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: He never looks up. He's too tall. There's never anything up there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. It turns out. With Monroe dead, Troy is technically the ranking officer and she seems a little bit out of her depth. She just starts taking suggestions from Roe and Mm -hmm. O'Brien. Riker's comforting Keiko and 10 forward when Data rolls up and reports that the bridge and sickbay are both unreachable. He's having casualties sent there. Riker says, well, let's assume everyone on the bridge is dead because I want that to be the case. (laughs) Uh, Can you imagine me running this ship? no picard no troy it'd be
1: no one to call me on my shit at all it'd be fucking amazing just me telling you and wharf all the time i need you at your current positions
0: <laughs> yep so he uh he and data set out through the crawlways uh to try and reach engineering to get control of the ship leaving wharf in charge of triage right there in 10 forward uh in the cargo bay Jordy catches a little heat from a plasma fire explosion.
1: That was just a cool, and, that was uh, a cool prank that Crusher played on him. <laughs> hey, I think the wall's a little hot over here. You want to come? No, right over here. Come look at it. It's pretty yeah, hot, it's right? It's hot right there. Isn't it pretty hot? Oh, you got it!
0: <laughs> <laughs> you burned. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's also thrown off a lot of radiation, and there's some stuff in the cargo bay that, uh, well, it could explode if it gets irradiated bad enough, so... That's going to be their problem. Uh, the turbo lift Picard and the kids are stuck in shutters a bunch. So he starts putting the kids to work. He makes Marissa his first officer and Jay Gordon, the science officer on their little crew. Patterson becomes the executive officer in charge of radishes, but he's too young to sense that that's some bullshit.
1: No, he's uh, there I there's think a he's... lot of
0: other positions on the crew of a starship <laughs> and none of them is executive officer in charge of radishes. And like, you could have said I was your chief of security. That wouldn't have hurt you anything.
1: I think he's both young and dumb. I don't think he understands yeah. any of what's happening.
0: Well, he's a, fu- hey, he's a science
1: fair winner. He's a third place science fair winner. <laughs> that guy was third place, right? With his, uh, I put some, some radishes and some dirt, some weird, some special oh, well, dirt, and they grew all weird. I mean,
0: maybe, but unless puberty hit Marissa hard, she seems a lot older than Patterson. So I, I don't think it's a fair competition.
1: No, but ew, look, how many kids they got on that on that fucking ship? It's, you can't.
0: Weren't there like thirty when the hidden planet stole them?
1: Oh, I don't remember because they only took the little white kids, so I I couldn't be sure of the total number. <laughs> um, We've Riker taken your white children. <laughs> we'll raise white children here on our planet because we can't have white children anymore. <laughs> we can only have brown ones. <laughs> Fucking bullshit episode.
0: It was weird how they just kept saying the subtext as text, huh? <laughs>
1: Ah, I miss those uh, days. I miss the early days. TNG.
0: <laughs> Honestly, me too. Uh, Riker and Data slowly crawl away from a coolant leak in probably the worst action scene <laughs> in all of Star Trek. They do
1: not pick up their pace at all when they're crawling but away It's like you that.
0: can only crawl so fast on a metal
1: grate. Yeah, they need to fucking put some solid grating down, because it must tear your fucking knees up.
0: Yeah, well, also later they reach a junction where the uh, Jeffrey's tube junction is tall enough to stand in so it's like make the whole tube that tall, buddy. Yeah. Um, anyway, they they get away from that coolant leak but uh, whoops, there's a hella electricity in front of them.
1: Yeah, this is a real video game problem that they've got.
0: <laughs> it kind of is one puzzle after another. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the bridge, Rose starts hot wiring bridge stations. O'Brien doesn't approve. Uh, but she gets engineering online and discovers that the antimatter pods are losing containment and the ship will explode Ugh. like pretty soon, pretty quick. Uh Data wants to use his cool non-conductive body to interrupt all that electricity. Yeah. And then have Data to, and then have Riker take his head off and carry it with him to engineering, which Riker clearly thinks is real ghoulish. <laughs> but He didn't have another, he asked five times if it could be Romulan somehow, and Data just kept saying no, so I guess that's the plan
1: they're going to do. At one point he said it's some kind of probe, it's the first time it wasn't (laughs) applicable. He should have really waited to see what was on the view screen before he said it this time.
0: Jay Gordon discovers that one of the clamps holding the turbo lift is broken, Picard tells him, you guys are going to have to climb for it, because this car is going to fall, but they won't leave without him, so... They all tie themselves together with some cable and sing for jaca. Jordy <laughs> figures out that they can put the fire out in the cargo bay and get rid of the potential explosives if they open the door to space.
1: Can, he says they can kill two birds with one stone, but I just couldn't help but think. But oh, but if you kill the one bird, you don't need to kill the other bird.
0: That's right. You only one of the birds <laughs> needs killing. It's, either one. Frankly,
1: to be fair, you only need to kill one in this situation. Yep. But no, good thinking though. Good thinking though, Jordy. Uh,
0: he was fucking tired from pushing barrels around. I think.
1: Yeah. Well, at that. Well, because earlier they're like, "We'll push the barrels over there. That'll buy us some time." And I just thought, and with that time, you will be pushing barrels. <laughs> That's right. It's nice to good know work. exactly
0: how you're spending that time. Yeah. <laughs> um, in ten forward, Keiko starts going into labor, and Wharf is not pleased about this idea. Mm. There's a little mini conference up on the bridge. I mean, literally, they go to the
1: conference room. Yes, they have to for uh, all conferences, even in these emergency situations where only three people are still on the bridge.
0: Well, listen, you don't start changing the playbook when there's an emergency.
1: Oh, especially if you're the if new, the con- if you're the new <laughs> exactly. leader, you're just like, no, we go to the conference room.
0: She's Troy's not sure if any of the chairs on the bridge even turn around so she can sit in it backwards. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So she's not gonna suddenly change it up. Um, Ro wants to separate the saucer section to get away from the possibility of the explosion. They don't know if anyone's alive in the Star Drive section, but O'Brien thinks that's pretty fucking cold-blooded because they also don't know that everyone's dead down there. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of panels down there that could have blown up in people's faces for sure, but I mean, mostly the ship just got shook real hard.
1: It would be pretty wild if there weren't a lot of Monroe situations that happened all over that ship. Yeah, we have to imagine Monroe's not the
0: only one. Don't worry, Picard won't mention it at the end.
1: No, Um, no, please get to the end so we can fucking talk about this.
0: Yeah. Uh, Troy instead decides to divert power from the bridge down to engineering because O'Brien has figured out that they don't even have monitors down there to tell them there's a coolant leak problem or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, Antimatter containment problem, so... That's Troy's solution. Well, let's turn those monitors back on in case there's someone down there who can take care of it. Uh, Picard and the kids have to keep climbing up this ladder. The turbo lift that they left falls away. This is where he sings Frere Jacques as a climbing song so we never get to hear the laughing Vulcan and his dog. It's Too bad. It's a real shame. Mm-hmm. Keiko starts to worry that her child might be breech. Um Don't worry, he's not. And also, he's a girl. Don't worry about that either. Yeah. Uh but you know, they just gotta do a little stakes. Every time we revisit these people, the stakes have to go up a little bit.
1: Yeah, in all these separate locations.
0: Beverly and Jordy prep for their wild ride and open the doors. Jordy collapses before he can make it to the panel to repressurize it, but luckily Beverly's big open palm hits the correct one <laughs> of the sixty four <laughs> buttons on that panel to repressurize the cargo bay.
1: After she really winds up too. She just really is going to make sure she gets her whole hand on that fucking panel. Uh,
0: The antimatter containment field has dropped down to 20%, and then they have a close call with a thermal inversion, so Ro really wants to get out of there. But Troy says, when I say so, and not before. And uh, this is when they get the door open to engineering, and Riker plugs Data's head in, and then he notices the monitors are on and they discover the little containment field problem. There's a little bit of a farce as he has to plug (laughs) a wire into Data's head so that Data can fix it, Uh, but after a little slapstick, he does manage to stabilize the containment field. Picard pulls the kids up out of the turbo shaft, Keiko squeezes out her little girl, Worf lasers up the umbilical cord, says that she looks like Chief O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Picard announces that everything is slowly returning to normal and that they're headed to a starbase for repairs. And then Troy sasses Riker about his do-nothing job and the kids give Captain Picard a plaque. Yeah. He promises them a tour of the battle bridge and we do one more little bit of farce when Marissa also responds to a command to number one,
1: the end. Matthew, what is this one about? Yo, <laughs> that was a tough ending. Yeah. Uh. Okay, well, here we go. Iroh, Picard has to come face to face with his fear of children. Troy has to overcome her feelings of, I guess, inadequacy compared to the rest of the crew. Worf has to overcome his fear of messing up the birth of a baby, or like, learn that things don't always go by the book. Maybe, Geordi and Crusher have to overcome their fear of death from suffocation. Data and Riker have to overcome their fear of losing a ship, like that time with the Bynars, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. They—it's hard when they have. This isn't even like a bottle episode. It's like a six-pack of bottles. It's a six-pack episode where everyone's <laughs> in an existing set somewhere, and but we gotta see them all. Uh, the doing turbo shit. shaft is new. Yes, the climbing through the turbo shaft is is new. Maybe something about how everybody has to pull their weight in times of crisis. That would include everybody, even the people with less apparent emotional journeys in this one. Um. I mean, that's definitely what you hope people would do in times of a crisis, so it's cool, but I don't know who's on the other side. Like, nah, that's not important. I gave it a three. Well, uh,
0: Ben's take is... It's similar. It's in the same vein. High-stress situations reveal hidden abilities, etc., Troy finds leadership, etc. Right. Picard figures out children, right? Um, he said it's weak and gives it a four. We're all sort of running in the same zone here. Uh, disasters make strange bedfellows, maybe. Everyone has to pitch in and do something uncomfortable. Great, but also, so what?
1: Yeah, they're doing... Like you say, Who? who what's the other side of this? They're doing the thing where there there's some odd combos we ain't seen before. And like like Worf and Keiko. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess Riker and data probably did enough stuff together, but I don't know. I guess they're not normally together. And, um, Troy and O'Brien and Roe, And you got, I don't know if Jordy and Crusher have ever even like hung out by themselves. So <laughs>
0: it doesn't seem like they have no.
1: So, you know, I get what they're, and you know, Picard and these dumb kids, but
0: mostly she said, uh, Hey, does your visor always give you pain? And he said, yep. And she says, Oh, that sucks. And then later Pulaski's <laughs> like, she didn't offer you new eyes? <laughs> uh, no, there's a whole...
1: Yeah, we could We can actually that.
0: kind of a standard procedure, Yeah, there's weirdly. a lot
1: of guys. There's a lot of dudes <laughs> at Starfleet with the artificial eyes. You I'm, haven't seen them around? To be
0: honest, I haven't seen a visor in a long time, bud.
1: They're probably the ones who look like they got like weird auras in their eyes when you look at them. They're probably the other guys <laughs> with, the, with the cool <laughs> eyes I <that> gave them. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we could schedule it any time. It's it's outpatient, you're, so you're probably tired Just of the let the headaches, me
1: know. right? The headaches are pretty bad, huh? Yeah, I mean, we should probably do something <laughs> hey, bet, about
0: that. I bet this thing gives you terrible headaches, right? <laughs> anyway, it's two for me. Uh, like you said, like there's no one on the other side of this one.
1: Yeah, right. It's not. It's the opposite of a hot take for sure.
0: As far as execution, um, Ben's a six. He says it starts as a day in the life. He thinks we're supposed to see a little character growth from everyone. Ro gets integrated into the inner crew right away. Yeah. Uh, especially by playing her off against O'Brien, who's only sort of part of it.
1: That's true. Yeah, she I think she passes him pretty quick.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he has it as a six. No surprise, though. It's his pick of the week. Um, There are fully five plots in this one. Yeah. Picard and the kids, Worf and Keiko, Data and Riker, Beverly and Geordie, and the whole bridge command scenario. And they cut back and forth a lot, mm-hmm. and not every scene is meaningful. Yeah. And as a result, there kind of isn't enough time to focus on what I consider the biggest arc, where Troy sort of has to learn the ropes
1: of command on the fly. It's the only one where the emotional growth might be worth something, if if anybody right. has it in this episode.
0: It's the only one where anyone's making a hard choice, really. Mm -hmm. Um, But personally, I would cut the Riker and Data arc. That one's not even a case of someone
1: acting out of their... We've even seen
0: Riker take Data apart before. (laughs) I know. It's definitely the one that is the least new.
1: Yeah, and even Geordi and Crusher is like... All they do is act in self-preservation. It's not like either of them is facing some kind of big moral quandary or anything.
0: No, and it definitely also seems like they don't learn anything about each other and they're not going to hang out
1: afterwards. They are 100% never hanging out again, for sure. Like, they hang out around other people. You know there's a moment... They both go to poker night. Okay, fine. But, like, they ain't hanging out by themselves.
0: Well, And you know there's a moment where Jordy wakes up and he realizes that he's alive because Dr. Crusher didn't pass out like he did?
1: Oh, yeah. That's tough.
0: And you know Jordy's got a little bit of toxic masculinity issues already, so that... That ain't great for him, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, it's not great.
0: Uh, you could even just have engineering fix the issue off-screen, especially since fixing it turns out to be as simple as just
1: plugging Data's head in. Well, I got questions so, like, about everything going on in engineering for sure.
0: <laughs> hey, where like, is where everyone? everyone? Is?
1: Did they abandon engineering? If not, are there corpses all over the ground? What happened? Like,
0: Riker there? says that the computers are out on all over that deck, but, like, all the lights seem to be on. <laughs> yeah, where did, did when they go? When O'Brien sent some power down from the bridge. Also, how does that work? When O'Brien sent some power down from the bridge, did he turn all the lights on too? Or just the <laughs> monitors? Or what was... the but yeah, not right. It doesn't make any it's sense. It's weird.
1: It's usually the set with like the most extras. That place is usually teeming with extras. Where did everyone go? Uh,
0: but surprisingly for me, uh, all of the plots basically work. And this one is like Lower Decks. It looks at the ship and the crew in a different way from the 170 or so main sequence episodes. Right. So I, I'm not mad at it. I gave it as much as a five for execution.
1: Okay. Um, let's see. When Enterprise is 100% repaired and good to go next week, and nobody talks about this, I'm going to be pissed off. Wait, uh-huh. they fly away in the end? How the whole ship was broken. Every part was broken. Not only that, but.
0: Aren't there still quantum filaments
1: around? They just are at warp in the end and all the lights on the bridge are back on and everyone's joking and they're happy and I'm very confused because it seems like the ship was devastated.
0: Yeah, the panel that exploded in Lieutenant Monroe's face has been repaired.
1: Yeah. Was there a big time jump? Because it seems like it's pretty fresh. (sighs)
0: Yeah, Picard says Enterprise is slowly returning to normal, so I guess there has been a time jump, and everybody got buried or shot out the torpedo tubes or whatever (laughs) by now, but...
1: And it's time for some sweet TOS jokes. Uh, Nobody really... I mean, everybody's supposed to learn a lesson this week. I mean, except the dead people. They didn't learn nothing. (laughs) And because it's Star Trek, nobody talks about them. Um... Again, the number one stuff at the end was so TOS. Lieutenant Monroe would have loved it. Um, <laughs> child actors are almost always a bad idea, and this episode's no different. I hated these kids. The Roe-Troy dynamic is it's skewed a bit because Roe comes off as such a raging bee. Yeah, but that's kind of her character, right?
0: Yeah, but it's not like... She, just just last week, wait, I mean, maybe it wasn't last
1: week, it was two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah
0: just two weeks ago, she was in Picard's, uh, she just busted into Picard's ready room and told him she didn't care what anybody thought of her.
1: <laughs> that's right, like a king, like an absolute king! Exactly. <laughs> but it wasn't like two valid opinions are presented and Troy has to make the hard choice. It was more like one optimistic view and one kind of angry lunatic. Who was like, fucking, let's get out of here! Let's shoot the drive section!
0: Yeah, you definitely feel like uh, Ro's position on this is not orthodox Starfleet. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, I mean, she still has to learn to exert her control and make the command decision and everything. And that's not nothing. That's that's worth something. Uh, season one, Worf would have crushed the delivery of that baby. Mm-hmm. Season five.
0: not you think he wouldn't have told uh, Keiko... Uh, that in the simulator <laughs>
1: everything, everything went was, by the book everything was very orderly or whatever he said everything was
0: very orderly
1: <laughs> yeah season one war fucking that's who really rest in peace man I I love that guy uh, he's been gone a long time he died at the same time as Tasha Yar for some reason yeah I don't know it was mostly mad to me I gave it a four I think you're right if they had just made the plot like the Troy plot And then I would have stuck everyone else in 10 forward. Like the ship's uninhabitable. It's uninhabitable in the other places. We can only get power to 10 forward and made everyone just go there. And then check in on them every once in a while. Something like that. Um, Because that was the important plot. Uh, World building. um, Ben was a three. He says, this all shows there shouldn't be kids on a starship. I mean... Every single adventure they have every week makes you wonder why they bother to have civilians. They really
0: have taken the position that, yeah, sometimes kids are going to die. Presumably when the Yamato
1: blew up in Uh, Season 2, it also had a ton of kids on board. And that guy was just on his own fucking secret archaeology adventure. Moron. Uh, He says stabilizing the containment field of the warp core is... uh, a catastrophe-ending event, but must be as simple as pushing a button because Riker basically just says he's going to do it and then does does very little. So yeah, that's that's true. Uh, he gave it a three. I mean, that is how it goes. Um, I was a little bit less. I gave it a two. Uh, Mutar five mission was completed. Whatever they were doing there, uh, the kids' science fair that Picard has to waste time on. You couldn't pay me enough self-improvement credits or whatever you get paid in Starfleet (laughs) to sit by one of those fucking exploding panels made of M-80s. I'm never going to do it. I'd be like, I get it. This is how the ship runs. But all I'm going to say is you guys built it bad. You built a bad ship. Fucking, I'm going to go and make a solar sail or something.
0: It's a goddamn death trap. And frankly, when the Enterprise was all buttons and you had to stick cartridges into a tape player... To get the computer to do anything, the panels didn't explode and kill people. Right, that's right. Like this new glass cockpit technology no, is not better. It's bad news.
1: It's not even just the, not, the spark
0: shootout; they kill you. Not only that, but there's a scene here where Picard has to tell Marissa how to get a panel open so they can rip out some uh, some cool cabling. Right, <laughs> and he's like, "Press the yellow keypad. Press the yellow control pad. Now the one below that." He can't just say, there's a keypad on there that says latch
1: release. (laughs) I know.
0: Because it doesn't, because it says 131 or something.
1: The insane L cars. And
0: and he doesn't remember that it says 131. He He just knows it's the yellow one in the second column.
1: Right. Yeah, that's probably the kind of information no one decides they need to know like what the actual label on it is they just remember where right, why it would you it's meaningless mm-hmm. as far as you could tell like maybe
0: it corresponds every one of these l panels should have a th- thick binder underneath it <laughs> with a fucking
1: like it's attached paper- by one of those
0: chains uh-huh attached by a chain and it's got a fucking paper readout and you flip through it and it says latch control and then one three one
1: and you go that still doesn't help me. And then it has a little map, and it's like it's in, and there's a it's little... in quadrant. Fuck it, it's in B four, and then you go on the back yeah, exactly. look at B four, and you go, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I got you. And then you go, why well, it is labeled one three one? I got you. This is the one right here. It's such bull. It's such unbelievable bullshit. And I know they tried to come up with cool future tech, but it's it's absolutely terrible.
0: Now, look, and we get it. <clears throat> the reason was they didn't want to have to build and design these panels every week to display something yeah. meaningful.
1: Because then what you end up with so is they, the hilarious thing where um, Bashir tips his fucking iPad towards someone and it says in fucking 88 point <laughs> font, go away or whatever. And you go, this is the best right. they can do. This is it. <laughs> Bashir, everyone could see that from the upper part of the fucking, the fucking docking ring. Everyone could see what you were doing.
0: Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's not only that. So have you ever thought about this, Matt, that someone had a job? Every week, f- a footage would come in. They would have picked the shots they were going to use. Mm-hmm. And you would have to watch and try to figure out the correct frame on which someone's finger touched that glass Ugh. panel say to beep, insert beep. a boop sound. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awful.
1: Just awful.
0: Someone for seven years did that every week, just inserted
1: boops. It's kind of crazy that they made it so that it had audio feedback for you. You know? It's crazy Uh they decided to do that because of that reason. Because they'd have to keep putting it in. They should have just said, oh, there's like a vibration. You can feel it. It's haptic for sure. You can definitely feel it. But like, it ain't going to make a noise at you. That'd be so annoying. Imagine if it was beeping all day.
0: Ugh. Just imagine that you are trying to read up on maybe... Uh, similar cases in which starships have been stricken by a by a plague right yeah. there on Science 1. And next to you on Science 2, uh. someone's like just fucking paging through some shit beep, like beep, a kennel and just beep, 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 going, boop, 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 boop. And you're like, oh my god, I'm trying to
1: read. <laughs> Everyone's got their earbuds in all the fucking time. Because <laughs> the ship's so annoying.
0: You fucking pulled the little armchair out from under the panel and you're sitting on it. <laughs>
1: It's, yeah, it's a dumb system that maybe they should have put more thought into or changed like halfway through. They should have been like, oh, Enterprise got a big update. We don't have L cars anymore. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> we went back to tapes. Yeah, the tapes worked really good. We're back on the, you could get ice cream tapes and all that. <laughs> it's all back.
0: This is the other thing, too, because what's the other method of getting the computer to do something for you? It's voice activated. Ugh. So either you're just standing there on the bridge talking to the computer, and that's got to irritate everyone else trying to get their goddamn
1: work done. Uh-huh. Or you're hitting the hundred beep-beep-boops. Yeah, they gotta they got to find a silencing feature for that shit. Uh, the cool jet fuel that you don't want to mix with radiation that Geordi and Crusher have to fucking blow out into space. Um, quantum filaments cosmic strings they're very different uh the laughing vulcan and his dog marshawn asked if that's racist as if there was another possibility (laughs) i went what of course (laughs) everyone knows that they do everything they can to subdue their emotions so some human asshole wrote a song about the laughing vulcan and his dog yeah it's
0: at least racially insensitive yeah what if that's bullshit
1: uh, Data's body got charred, but it interrupted that fucking lightning in the, in the J-tubes. Um, and again, engineering was empty. Was it evacuated or were there corpses everywhere that they just didn't show us?
0: <clears throat> yeah, we didn't see a bunch of people just lie there dead, but the ship got thrown around pretty good. You know, about five people probably fell off those upper railings oh, all the way down the core. If
1: they even have railings, sometimes everything seems so unsafe on that fucking, remember that thing that Jordy had to lock when he was on that... Um, the engineering turbo lift, and we both immediately went. Well, that's dead. that's Get your hand caught in that hundred percent. There's no <laughs> way you wouldn't get your hand. Someone must every week. Someone must cut their hand fucking pinched in that thing.
0: Well, yeah. Not I mean not only that, but the the turbo, the uncontained turbo lift, and the ops on Deep Space Nine. Oh yeah. You know that thing's decapitated people. Oh for sure. You can, so, like you trying to lean over pit. get one more snarky re- <laughs> remark in.
1: I'm surprised it hasn't happened to Dax yet. Oh, I mean, well, so what happened to well, they're sending a replacement from Trill uh, we all predicted it would happen <laughs> um, she definitely had a real shitty remark for us and it cost her her life so <laughs> um, just yeah see so yeah. uh, it pro-
0: Dude, probably shook enough to break the glass under all of those walkways which we know
1: from heart of glory very breakable <laughs> that's true but they didn't show us they didn't show us the carnage just a fucking silent empty engineering with no explanation so yeah i assume most of the engineers are dead no well, i can just pick up some replacements at starbase whatever
0: uh just a two for me in world building uh it's a two for me as well um mm, starfleet emergency emergency medical training includes childbirth Okay. Um data's disposable torso quantum film. It's, it's not a world building episode. It's not.
1: I'm trying to figure out what kind of episode it actually is.
0: We don't we don't, for instance, learn anything about why Counselor Troy could possibly be in charge in that situation. And
1: why she wasn't when Lieutenant Monroe was there, because she definitely outranks her. So like Yeah, what Monroe is it based had the
0: con. We know that. Yeah. But like so that's like when Picard leaves Geordie in charge, but then it's like, is it not? mandel because he's in yellow
1: I, <laughs> and then it, when roe shows Ro, up it's not her because she's Ro's the
0: certainly not a yeah roe just got out of jail so she's probably it's probably not her she really has to get her qualifications back yeah and obviously o'brien's a o'brien's a non-one of them
1: lieutenant non-cons it's tricky yeah <laughs>
0: It still seems like it probably should have been Row, huh? Especially since Mandel disappears halfway through the episode.
1: <laughs> Did they send him to do something? I don't
0: remember. I don't I don't have in my notes that they sent him to do anything. Because
1: remember in the episode where um, uh, cisco has got concussion, he's got the CTE, and Kira's gotta sit with him, and Worf is up there yep. at first barking out orders, but then he leaves to go do some other business I thought yep. maybe Mandel went to go to do some other business, but I don't remember it
0: Uh, well, listen, I mean, my, if we're good to skip all the way to theory quarter, my theory is that he actually is in the bridge toilet Mm -hmm. and he just had the worst timed attack of diarrhea. And it's just every time he gets ready to go back to the bridge and help save the ship, it just, (laughs) another wave hits him.
1: And then when he comes out at the end and everything's solved, he says
0: he was taken short. And he's sweating real bad in there because of the diarrhea, but also (laughs) he knows he could die. He could die (laughs) on the toilet. And that's theory. the last time he'll order that food out that's, of a replicator. If ever sure.
1: there was a time to make a Star Trek short, to just release on Star StarTrek.com, uh-huh. just the journey of Ensign Mandel in the toilet. A lot of great <laughs> farting sound effects you could put in there. It'd be great. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be the
0: urge you'd have to fight for sure. <laughs> uh, characterization. Yep. Uh, ben is a six several bottle episodes in one he likes Picard's attitude towards kids he thinks about how to lead them mm-hmm. he thinks the climbing song was a really good idea Ben's got a couple of kids he might uh
1: yeah take
0: some notes he might know why that's a good idea yeah I mean the kids went for it in the episode for sure Data's head works all by itself Ro sounds like a better engineer than O'Brien
1: he says uh, which I guess is only weird in retrospect and I thought in retrospect that makes total sense he doesn't seem like a very good engineer
0: but it is true that by the time he rolls around to deep space nine they've decided he's an engineering genius and not just the transporter guy who used to be a tactical officer yeah
1: but i say again he's an engineering genius who constantly complains about how he can't fix anything and nothing's gonna get fixed and everyone talks about how slow he is at fixing things and i just think hey someone again getting caught on the transporter duty somehow made people think he was a technical expert but really they didn't know where to put him
0: you think every week kira has a meeting with cisco and he's like I, once again i'm trying to get a rec open for an actual starfleet engineer <laughs> yes yes for an actual
1: commissioned officer you promised this year budgetary year we would be able to do this you said there was enough self-improvement credits in the budget that we could afford another engineer I know, but you would not believe how much I'm
0: paying Worf to be the strategic <laughs> operations officer. I mean,
1: seriously, you, you should... Don't take a look. It'll make you depressed. But seriously, like, he, he makes more than me, so... And by and
0: by the way, I had to justify that wreck with Admiral Necheyev, so it's like, I can't now go to her and be like, O'Brien's oh, really becoming a problem. He sasses everybody on the bridge, constantly talks about his wife, who he hates. <laughs> I need a real engineer. You have to give me and I, it, apparently there are no other chief petty officers.
1: <laughs> That's right. Apparently
0: it's not supposed to be a chief petty officer at all. So it has to be an officer.
1: Yeah. And I'm trying but to keep the cost got down him
0: budgeted. But it's budgeted for a chief petty officer. It doesn't make any sense. He
1: only costs 150 self-improvement credits a month. But, like, if I'm going to get a full (laughs) lieutenant or a lieutenant commander, we're talking, like, five to six hundred. And it's just not in the budget. And I stuck my neck out on this wharf thing, and that's not working out either. It's caused us a lot of legal
0: fees. Uh, uh, And by the way, he lives on the Defiant, not on the station Mm -hmm. where the budget is actually mostly paid for by Bajor.
1: That's right. Exactly right.
0: So, like the cost of his replicator and his uh, energy and everything, that's coming out of my budget now for the Defiant.
1: You won't even, I don't want to get into it. because he couldn't
0: get along with people here.
1: I don't want to like talk out of school or whatever. I don't want to get into it, but I'll just say that he stay, spends a lot of time on the bridge uh, at night, and that is also taking up a lot of energy consumption. And I, I had to talk to him about it yeah. the other
0: day. And when I- the ship is docked, it's not supposed to be like powered up just so he can play klingon opera it was running
1: at 90 capacity he constantly
0: has the bridge at 90 it's insane he can play blast klingon opera i
1: thought they must be doing drills or something i didn't look into it you know i don't like to dig too deep and you know then i finally looked into it someone pointed out to me how he was just sitting he's just sitting there he's just literally sitting on the bridge using all the power so you're just gonna have to deal with the chief i think Anyway,
0: Bejor doesn't have any qualified engineers. I've, I've thought about it. That's right. I've thought Before about you making it about a in position. Yeah,
1: I've already looked into it.
0: <laughs> Starfleet is already pretty uncomfortable that you have access to the Defiant, so I only, no one's happy
1: with that. I told them we. It's, you know, the way it works is I don't have to spend 200, 200 self-improvement credits a month on a legal expert. I just I pawned everything off on you. I told them you're an investigator. Just go along with it. It's fine. So, Ben's a six. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) For me, um, Picard solves his relationship problem with children by forcing them to roleplay a relationship he already knows how to negotiate. Right. And that's a technique, I guess, but I don't think it would work with adults. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that this coping strategy that he hits upon here is going to help him with say a woman?
1: <laughs> is that what you're worried about?
0: Well, he's not good with them. That's
1: the other area where he's a little bit off, it's That's not just the, kids. Definitely the other woman. real yeah.
0: weakness in his game is uh dealing with women in his casual in his personal life. So, yeah. I don't think he can uh you know, if he met a civilian woman and she started it started to seem like there was maybe something there, he couldn't be like so What if I give you one of my rank pips and
1: (laughs) you could be you could be my?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The strategy's not going to work. I'm saying I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, Troy feels like she has to take command somehow, but is that just because she doesn't know who to surrender command to? Like I mean, she definitely at no point does she try to get out of it.
1: I mean, when O'Brien's
0: like, you know, technically on a technical this is a funny technicality and (laughs) you'll laugh when you hear this but technically counselor troy's the ranking officer on the bridge i thought he's technically she holds the rank of lieutenant commander i
1: thought he said it and then looked around and was really wanting to see what everyone's reaction was Uh (laughs) uh-huh he was like people are gonna fucking love this one (laughs)
0: And Troy didn't hear any of those technica- technically, so she was just like, Oh, no. Uh, I gotta be the boss. Oh, jeez. Oh, no.
1: Oh, man. Uh, uh, last time I was the boss, I was in the seventh grade. This is gonna be really. They only did it because my mom kept talking about her. she was the holder of the Chalice of Reeks. Anyway,
0: she could have learned this week that you don't have to have your subordinates' knowledge or abilities in order to lead them, but later we'll discover that she didn't learn that lesson. Keiko has some kind of self-confidence problem, I assume, because she feels <laughs> like she needs to encourage Worf after he complained through her whole 20-minute labor. Thank you. At the end, she's got to be like, Worf, you did great. You were, just, you what? were,
1: you were excellent, Worf. Huh? That guy was what? trash.
0: He did not like you did that he yourself. Didn't
1: squeeze the baby too hard or whatever, <laughs> but come on! He didn't pop its head right off when he pulled it out. He didn't give it the Horgon huh? treatment. Um. <laughs> yeah, she did that by herself. She did the whole birth by herself.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, cut the, he lasered the umbilical cord and he smacked the baby gently to get it to start crying. Congratulations. Yeah, you did great. Uh, obviously, Worf's bedside manner is mixed. I thought he was okay with the guy whose broken bone he was setting, but he didn't knock it out of the park with Keiko. I don't think we learned anything about the others, except that Riker remains Groppler Zorn-level suspicious about everything based <laughs> on his reaction to the monitors and engineering being on. And in this case it saves the ship. So he's probably not going to get any less suspicious going forward.
1: No, he's learned by now that's his only instinct and even though half the time it's nothing, he just goes with it.
0: He does kind of walk around the ship uh for the next two two and a half seasons just squinting at things like <laughs> what? Well, I mean in one famous case, what is this?
1: In the in my re-listens, I'm all the way up to Data's day and um he definitely <laughs> Groppler horns that lady the instant she walks onto the bridge. And I wish he'd been oh, more insistent. Right. He fucking mean mugs her immediately. Yeah, I wish he'd been more <laughs> insistent. He saw that under hat, under her real hat. And he was like, nah, 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 nah. This is some bullshit. Why would she have two hats? But he's not insistent enough. Um, That's
0: not really character growth. Um, <laughs> on the whole, though, I gave it a five. Like, it's a bunch of people getting
1: wins. So, yeah. You like to see it, really? Yeah. Nobody blows it in one of their in one of their scenes, and they both <laughs> die or something, right? The kids don't fall down the shaft or anything.
0: like, could Jordy have taken two minutes and figured out if there was a way to maybe reroute <laughs> the pressurization control to the console that was right next to him? Yeah, I think he could have. I bet it's possible. <laughs> this is the whole point of L right? Yeah. Can't you... you just move a Can't you just move a control onto that panel whenever you want? I would think.
1: <laughs> um alright O'Brien and Keiko still don't get along maybe they shouldn't be married um yeah they're a bad they're a bad couple O'Brien very, very patiently explains shit to Troy the entire episode like he thinks this is gonna be good for him in some way I think it's gonna maybe Riker will like him more or something maybe Riker in the future won't tell him he knows what he did even though he does know what he did cause he is so patient with Troy the whole time <laughs> That's true. Uh, Keiko basically delivers the baby all by herself and is still looking out for Worf's emotional well-being, so we both saw that. That's wild.
0: I I assume that's, again, the writer's room's bad attitude about women. Mm
1: -hmm. She has to be nurturing, and that's how we'll like her at home, because if she tells Worf he's a piece of shit, then we won't like her. (laughs) Uh, She's got a... She's got to tell Worf he did a good job after he's been kind of shitty to her. She like literally tells him he was a am- don't know she says he was amazing or if he was incredible or something. Uh, but I just went. Wait, wait a, a minute, f- what? <laughs> uh, Crusher wants Jordy to be a dang singer for some reason. Oh, it's for a musical. Great, they're they're starting that whole thing. Yes, they're doing. I guess Pirates of Penzance? Maybe it started with the Barclay episode, I guess, actually, but now she's just constantly going to be going around bothering people about doing stuff. Plays and musicals and things.
0: So He sings two bars, says he doesn't want to do it, and she just puts him on the pad as <laughs> modern major general.
1: That's right. Uh, Picard still isn't comfortable around kids, but he does about as well as I would. I hope I get better. Um... <laughs>
0: well you're about to get a lot of experience
1: reminds me of that and
0: luckily over a much longer time period (laughs) yeah
1: reminds me of that snl skit duolingo for kids for the people who don't know how to talk to kids and the main thing that you learn in that commercial (laughs) for it is cool backpack so (laughs) i need duolingo for kids i think um let's see he finds a way to engage them and keep them in line so he did a really good job i guess he's cured yeah, I guess all he had to do to get over his weird fear of kids was like spend five minutes with kids. I don't know.
0: Hey, he doesn't hang that plaque up in his office, by the way. I mean, we don't we don't true. see it at any point in this series. We don't see it when they're when he's throwing the curlinescus Kurlines- down. He doesn't like throw it's the Nescus right on top the of it. Of generation. He doesn't just fucking
1: right. throw it and shatter it all over that thing.
0: <laughs> he doesn't uh, take the plaque, stab a hole through it with his inner life flute, and then throw a bunch of the in inner uh parts of the life from the curl and at it or anything it
1: makes me laugh that the part of that red letter media review where he goes <laughs> oh no it just throws it away it makes me laugh <laughs> so hard every time because you remember how fucking boned out he was for that thing he can't even believe he can't comprehend what he's seeing but then and sure enough when no. he
0: finds out it's intact yeah <laughs> it's like when the dean sees jeffrey and aviator, he fucking falls to the ground
1: just jizzing his pants the whole time just spasming yeah but no after the enterprise crashes he's like no this isn't what i'm looking for <laughs> um about five minutes after lieutenant monroe's panel explodes and she dies in front of everyone troy goes lieutenant monroe bitch she's been <laughs> dead for ages you
0: just noticed her soul is already being judged. Yeah,
1: it's over, man. Like, she that was a long time ago. Uh, Troy finds her command voice, command pose, and all of the rest of it by the end of the episode.
0: Do you says, think at some point she thought to herself,
1: Oh, now I see why
0: people think this leotard is silly.
1: I do feel I'm here
0: giving right. life or death orders in my purple jumpsuit.
1: And, like, the way she- I got to
0: start wearing a uniform. She- I hope something comes along later that
1: forces me to make the switch because <laughs> yeah, now it's like I'm kind of married to it. Like if I switch out of it now, well, people I can't if I'm I
0: sw- if I do it now, people will be like, ah, when she was in command, ah. see now that she's had a taste of command, she's going to start wearing a uniform, start showing off those Lieutenant Commander
1: pips. I'll keep an eye out for a good reason to do it. That way people won't associate yeah, it with um- this event. It's gotta be organic. By the end she like she's so like confidently she like s- does a Picard and sits down in his chair and everything. Um uh, Ro says nobody will get out of this without or nobody is gonna get out of this by playing it safe. How come nobody said to Ro, get out of what? Get out of <laughs> the, the broken ship? What do you mean? The whole ship's broken. We're not getting out of it. What are you talking about?
0: Like what does she mean she, when she says that also she fucking hot wires the panel and no one <laughs> says to her uh, did you see what happened to lieutenant monroe yeah do you funny. think that's safe do you think that's safe and smart to be doing that she
1: just would have said we're not gonna get out of it by playing it safe like it's just an insane thing to say to somebody but no one calls her on it yeah uh data sacrifices his body to help wrecker save the ship Riker initially doesn't want to put Data in the Sparks, but once he knows about the cool head trick, he's kind of down.
0: Also, by the way, they're taking a risk. They're betting that Data's fucking shielding will keep his brain intact. Seems like they could have taken his head off first and then kicked his body. <laughs> I was, was
1: going to say, just kind of place it in. Just right, push it in So just, le- just
0: lean up against the thing so you won't fall down while I take your head off and then I'll just kick it in. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't. Definitely know
0: was a better way to keep his head safe, but I guess
1: Riker couldn't think of that. No, uh, you'd hope Data could, but I. Yeah, no, he could not. Um... Oh,
0: Data, fucking the dude who's constantly sticking his hand in portals and volunteering <laughs> to die.
1: <laughs> but I, love... the guy whose
0: end is he just supermans across the sh- uh, <laughs> open space at another ship and then blows up.
1: Yep. Yeah, I guess it's, you shouldn't count on him for that. Um, but yeah, he's not going to come up with a way to save his own life. Initially, Riker looks real kind of grossed out by using Data's body to turn off the lightning. But once Data's like, no, 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 my head will be cool. You can take my head off. Riker goes, you sure? <laughs> he's like, he turns around. He's <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Oh well, yeah, I can do he that. He does still say, well, oh. like you said, we don't have a lot of options. Okay, I'll take your head like a football. <sighs> um, <clears throat> Worf, Troy, and Ro are kind of bad everyone else is pretty competent the only reason i say troy is bad is because she looks so feeble in the first half of her plot you go what's happening it's hard to watch you're like oh no she's blowing the whole thing she's her voice got quieter again you definitely get
0: the feeling like she's not supposed to be on the bridge but picard keeps her up there and why does he keep her up there matthew (laughs) because she's a space weapon That's right. (laughs) Know from the price, his number one space
1: weapon weapon that he uses way more (laughs) often than phasers or photon torpedoes.
0: She should have been in her office where someone's
1: dead husband's music (laughs) box fell on her, (laughs) and she went, "Ah, good thing I don't have any problems with music boxes." (laughs) That's right. Good thing this isn't traumatic at all. Never met a music box I didn't like.
0: Uh, well, by the way, she probably wouldn't have had all those problems with music boxes if she'd stayed in her office. It's Picard <laughs> using her as a space weapon as the problem. Right.
1: That's right. true. He had that fucking, the Dowd knew it and had to put a stop to it. She's like, not going to get me with your weapon. Check this one out. <laughs> no, but for real though, I can't joke about that episode because of all the migraines I've had in my life. I can't do it. It's very, you get very it. hard to you watch. You get it right away. When yeah. she's saying somebody make it stop and she's crying in the mirror and I went, oh, yeah.
0: Uh, that's like me with that uh uh Parks and Rec episode where Chris Traeger's sweating and looking at himself in the mirror and saying, Stop pooping.
1: <laughs> that's my trauma. <laughs> when he comes down with whatever whatever intestinal uh-huh. issue he has. Yeah. Yep. Uh the Mandel the Mandel syndrome is what he's got. Uh just a five from me. Ah, <laughs> uh, well five was what I gave it to. <clears throat> you have some uh quick hitters. Sure, I didn't tell Marshawn which episode we were going to be watching, and she got so excited and went, Yay, Patterson! When it started. Ah, She loves Patterson! (laughs) So she remembers. And she remembers the kids' fucking names. And by the way, her memory's awful about things that don't matter. She does not remember any of these people.
0: Everybody remembers Jay Gordon, but I for sure did not remember Patterson. (laughs)
1: It's Jay Gordon. Hey, all right. Can I? know I don't want to be insensitive, but can you maybe get off your cups for a second? Because we're in a disaster. <laughs> it's like hey, I, don't, I don't have time for this like, right now. Just, I'm not trying to be a dick. I know it sounded like I was being a dick, <laughs> but like we're in a we're in a thing right now, and we all need to be a little bit cooler. Okay, Jay Gordon, thank you. Um, <clears throat> making him the officer in charge of radishes is a real burn. Marcia, Patterson, you mean? Yes. Uh, Marjan thought Crusher pranked Jordy when she made him check out that hot wall, and then it exploded on him. I talked about that (laughs) earlier. Some dialogue monster with Troy telling Roe condescendingly, you could have easily been right. Yep. What? I mean, if she was, everyone (laughs) would have been dead. Uh Uh-huh. Confusing. Why would you say that? (laughs) You could have easily been right. (laughs) Uh, the second time Crusher has been seen fucking hanging on for dear life, like, fucking flying horizontally and shit. <laughs> this is her main activity now. Yeah, someone on that
0: crew definitely thinks it's funny to have, like, a big nasty redhead being blown around.
1: <laughs> in her fucking doctor's coat and shit. It's uh, probably Randy Newman. Did Randy Newman work on this show? Yeah, I think so. He definitely did the soundtrack. You could tell in this episode. <laughs> um yeah that's it for me for quick hitters none from ben
0: none from ben um okay uh right up at the start o'brien gets out of that argument intent forward by saying i have to go run a transporter simulation on the bridge <laughs> what <laughs> that's right
1: on the bridge he definitely panicked halfway through that one
0: it's, it's like he knows Keiko's allowed to go to the transporter uh-huh. room if she wants. He has to go to the bridge.
1: I have to go to a transporter simulation on the bridge. Tirol won't even one. take her there. That's right. <laughs> she needs to uh, fucking uh, swipe her ID card to get to the bridge.
0: Yeah. Well, here's a scene you can cut. Jordy and Beverly have to move some barrels.
1: Yeah, that's a good candidate for sure. Except I wish they'd moved all I wish they'd said, How much time do we have? And they'd said three minutes. And he said, Well, we can move the barrels. That'll save us some time. And they finished moving the barrels and then he goes, How much time do we have now? And she goes, Three minutes. That would have been amazing. W- one minute. <laughs> yeah, right. One minute. He would have gone, <laughs> oh, a bitch. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> that would have been great. Then the scene should stay. But if they're just gonna be moving barrels, yeah, that's an easy one.
0: Uh, for some reason Matt I really liked when they took the panel off and they revealed a zip-tied optical fiber run behind it. <laughs> I know. It really it really made the turbo lift seem like it was built by people.
1: It reminded me of when um somebody came in to do some electrical work uh when I worked at <laughs> the newspaper in 2007 I guess and uh, accidentally cut all of our telecom. <laughs> Yeah. And it just looked like that the rest of the day As they were trying to fix it Just that shit open and I thought oh good The technology of the Enterprise is about What the technology of the Patriot Ledger <laughs> was Circa 2007 yeah,
0: For sure I'm sure when he said that was uh, Fiber optic cable or whatever It probably seemed in 1989 Oh no this is like probably 91 or something by now but uh-huh. I'm sure it seemed Fancy but like I definitely was like Well yeah that's what it would be <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Got the telecom all set up That's good all right
0: uh, you already talked about the laughing Vulcan and his dog. Apparently, some people thought that that might be a reference to Cyborg. And then whoever wrote this said, "What? <laughs> What's a Cyborg?"
1: I'm sorry. Are you I'm, kidding? Me? I haven't seen. Do you think we
0: remember what happened in Star Trek V, and we wrote a little nod to it <laughs> into this episode?
1: I'm glad that someone finally said, "No, nah, that wasn't about nothing." That's just
0: a- uh, Matthew <laughs> is. Is this the lamest version of Frere Jacques we hear in TNG?
1: Uh, Well, they don't remember hearing these kids do any spontaneous fucking... Fucking going off on their fucking solos and shit the way he does. It later. wasn't
0: jazzy at all, man.
1: No, I don't understand. They just sang Frere Jacques normally. It's fucking annoying, actually. I thought we were gonna... the most
0: interesting thing about it is how the kids actually sing it better than Picard.
1: <laughs> well, you do often complain. about One of those kids
0: his... was singing Din, Dan, Don like the French
1: do. <laughs> you do often complain about his uh real degrade French that he tries yeah. to do. Uh, it's for me.
0: It's the hardest part of the otherwise delightful to watch episode one one zero zero one zero zero one.
1: Oh, when he when and he Minuet
0: French to Minuet, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Boy, that Not is a great when episode. When
0: rolls up on the bridge <laughs> at the end and announces, "She's she's gone. She's gone forever." I spent five hours trying to get her back. <laughs> told the computer more. Jordy s- has to go.
1: Is he talking about a holiday woman? I told the computer more sultry eleven he- times.
0: Did he and Picard both like the same holodeck woman? They both seem really shaken up. <laughs>
1: it is. That episode is so baffling and full of insane shit. It's really a fucking wild. I missed season one. Did I say that already? I want to have it back. Season, <laughs> season
0: one was wild in an amazing way. <laughs> yeah. The now way... we're in season five where everything is more mature as far as making a tv show
1: but it's a lot less fun data's emotional panic at having lost the enterprise the way that commander on that station is so handsy with tasha yar obviously yeah. the way Riker thinks the binars are perfect for it even though this is the first time he's ever come in contact with them the way the <laughs> binars steal the ship and then at the end they go well we didn't ask because you might have said no and everyone goes it's okay it's totally fine have the a good The seem perfect for this even though this is the first time that I've ever come in contact with you. You know what, I'll just I'll it shut gets up. It quieter and quieter! <laughs> you know what, never mind, I'll shut up, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see a burger for this, even though this is the first time I've ever come in contact with him. Uh Remind me to do a slowed
0: down version of that, yeah. so we can see if it's like uh, Slur. The, whatever that show was.
1: The way he um, constantly slurs.
0: The uh, Starfleet Emergency Medical Course must be pretty thorough if it includes childbirth. Yeah. But I guess if you're going on a ship with families, uh, the plaque reveals that these children are J. Gordon Gross, hmm. Patterson Supra, and Marissa Flores. Okay. Those are basically the real-life names of the
1: kids. Um, Marissa shows up... Last in, names. <clears throat> Marissa shows up in a step-by-step episode as Mark's bully. And um, 100%, as soon as I seen her, I went, That's Marissa from Disaster. Uh, <laughs> she had... Um,
0: she had an old face. Does that make sense? <laughs> like her face looks older than her body? Yep. So I also thought, oh, this girl's probably done a bunch of stuff.
1: To be fair, they put her in a pink jumpsuit that, uh, yeah. that makes yeah, her look like, uh, I don't know, like a Power Ranger or something. A pink jumpsuit with a pink vest over it. <laughs> yes. And what, white boots? It was not good. White boots. But she did look like they put her in some weird little well, kid clothes.
0: Jay Gordon had a fucking Cardassian diamond right on his uh, <laughs> breastbone for
1: some reason. He's a Cardi lover. Maybe O'Brien should tell so. him about it. And then as he's beating him senseless, the camera go. it's Jay Gordon.
0: Did Mandel get bad diarrhea and spend the rest of the disaster on the pot? Yep, said that already. Nice. They couldn't have had the actual child actors make the plaque. Uh. Like, some PA had to do their best TV-readable children's handwriting, oh, where sure. it's, you could they used a ruler for the baseline for all the
1: letters. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Patterson did the back piece, though. <laughs> Patterson did the back piece, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Which, uh, you may note, is perfectly square with the rest of it. It's just the holes
1: are drilled a little weird. Yeah, again, whoever was on it didn't necessarily nail it. They did it too good. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, give best actor to
0: Keiko this week and worst actor to Data when Riker touched the wrong port.
1: <laughs> and he did his uh, face. Yeah. Fucking like this fucking guy.
0: Didn't like that. Don't have anything good to say about that. Yeah, I agree. All
1: right. Fuck. We did it. We did it. It was a big one. I mean, I think we spent half the time talking about TNG, but we fucking did it. Well it was disaster It wasn't just a random one It's true it was tied for 100 Tied with 150 other episodes for last place Yes
0: Uh, The scores are in this week Uh, No real stinkers I was going to say 20 is One of the better losers we've had recently Not true all the way just as recently As week 101 a 27 lost Yeah Uh, Third place this week with 20 points Voyager latent image
1: Uh, definitely a lesser work. Not amazing at all.
0: Uh, 24 points, Deep Space Nine, things passed. Uh, I scored it six higher than you, so if you and I had been in sync on this one, yes, it was actually my winner. If you and I had been in sync on this one, it would have uh, been below even Voyager. You know, normally we're on on the same
1: page, but last week we had different winners, and this week we had different winners, so.
0: It is true. It is true. We we were in agreement two weeks ago on Ensign Row. Mm Mm-hmm. And the week before that, on the assignment, it is usually the case. Yeah. But um, the last two weeks we've been apart. But the episodes have been pretty mediocre. We don't have a, no no. We don't even pointers. have a light green score. No, th- yeah, no thirty pointers in the last uh, last
1: six episodes. So, uh,
0: yeah, the winter disaster with twenty eight points. TNG's forty second win.
1: DS Nine is just giving it away. Yeah,
0: yeah. TNG is back up to nine points over Deep Space Nine. Uh if you look at the 5 week averages you can see that uh Deep Space 9 took a real dip dipped below Voyager briefly last week. Uh-huh. Uh in the 3 apps they're still below Voyager. Ugh. Uh their 3 app average is 17 which is Dang. pretty lousy Dang but right. uh,
1: ain't a good score. Definitely
0: not the worst. The worst is uh Voyager At week 90 had a three episode (laughs) average of 10.33 real bad that's extremely terrible
1: yeah they're not good huh
0: yeah um next week okay week 105 we will be watching the game the return of ashley judd (laughs) yes and the return of wesley crusher yeah whatever he'll be back later but we haven't seen him since oh yeah good question was it final mission or has he been back Hey, I don't think he's been back since the final mission. All right.
1: If only it had been the final mission, his character would have been much more beloved. Yeah, he wasn't in any of these. Nope, I think it was it. Final mission and then the game, and then he comes back again for uh, first duty or whatever.
0: Yep, 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 yep. Uh, So, yeah, we'll watch the game. We're watching for Deep Space Nine, something called The Ascent.
1: I know which one it is from the name of the episode, and if you were sick of Odo, too bad. (laughs) <laughs> it's just a lot more Odo next week Is
0: he real tortured?
1: Uh, yeah, l- physically even Ah, fantastic
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, But frankly, Matthew, I have the fantastic job <laughs> yes! of <Yeah>! describing <laughs> next week Bride of Chaotic. Ah,
1: oh, thank God it aligned that way That's so great I didn't want to talk about <laughs> it for sure So everyone... Uh, before
0: before the next Star Trek episode comes out, everyone get real comfortable because I'm sure I'm going to be screaming about
1: it for a solid hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, that might be... Okay, so I got some business. I got some work business next week that might interrupt this pod show. So we may have, ah. a, we have a dead week in there. So it might be like a three-week thing or three weeks from now, that's what we'll do. And in two weeks, we'll do mailbag, more flags um so i think that's pretty much guaranteed but we'll know we'll know by next week um but send us mail that's uh at brother date on the twitter machine brothers of brother on the uh email machine uh you go to brotherdate.com, you can check out the flags it's a lot of bad ones the state flags yeah. aren't good uh not we're
0: waiting some judges decisions still on that on the bracket but okay. we have uh some time to collect them
1: um you know if some of the national flags were okay there aren't very many of the state flags that are any good so far there haven't been too many yeah um and obviously you can catch us on all them podcatchers and uh that's the whole that's the whole deal it's a star trek week so uh as you believe so shall you do so shall you do as you believe, as you believe so shall so you do. shall you do
0: She tells him his quarters smell like Klingon shit (laughs) and he's got
1: to put up or shut up. Every time she does something wrong and someone's mad at her about it, she just turns it right around on him.